everyone, welcome to episode 580 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. Hello, I'm here as well. It's Michael too. Yes, I'm here. We oh, are hi, hi, everybody. What do you mean? I'm just saying hello. I'm just trying to like, shake it up a little bit because I think all our episodes are beginning kind of sound the same. Well, I was going to say something different, but you stood, talked over me. No, so did I was kind of thinking. Mr. Burns impression. I, I just... I, yeah, I think that on. American voices just like sound better at the beginnings of things like this. Like you know, you get your, your cool American YouTubers like, "Hey, what's up, everybody? Stop it's your boy shouting. Michael here." I'm not. You know, you it shouting? just sounds a little bit more. You know, we're just a little no, bit polite got... and British here. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this little podcast today. I don't know. It just doesn't. That doesn't sound. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. Oh, uh... me. Maybe it's just me. Sorry. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I do this of my own. Spare time, you know. I've got stuff to do. I told you that a minute ago. You said you're going to London, which no, is I didn't. Untrue. Look, okay, will you shut up now? Yes. We're doing episodes between. This is why we can't do anything good because we have arguments. <laughs> why do you start the whole show off by going? Oh, I think our openings are crap every I, time. I didn't say that exactly. I you just did. said you know, five hundred and eighty episodes. Yeah, we need to freshen it up a bit. Listeners, do you think they're okay? Do you think the opening's fine? How I bet you Americans are like well impressed because we sound so intelligent in it. <laughs> the, we're talking about the episodes broadcast between the 12th and the 16th of June 2023, episodes 10,977 to 10,982. And you know, we used to have a script, didn't we, to open? So we, we did don't for the first couple of years of the podcast. We did exactly say the same thing. But listen, if you so... want to crack the, the mystery of the secret CCTV footage of the wine bin, mm. we're here for you. And also, the mystery of the bread. Yes, was we're going stale? to be taking a was deep dive into the where various it, concocted Where did he tales. buy it from? And, most mysterious of all, what was in the sandwich? <laughs> we had to have a few rewinds today, didn't we? It was. I think I, I, I wasn't really feeling tonight's episode of Coronation Street. I think I'm a bit tired. I've had a, I've had a, okay. a busy to... old week this week. I've been doing like different things Submit over work this week, excuses. haven't I? I, I, I have been out visiting different schools and everything. I was doing interviewing today. Was, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not leaving school for a different job. I think I was on an interview panel doing interviewing today. Interesting. I haven't done much of that before. But um, yeah, I, I, I feel like, oh, mentally taxing week for me this week. And Gemma was on her deadline week as well, weren't you? So Battling the hot weather. Yes, there we go. There we go. Um, two minutes forty-one. You managed this time, Gemma. A little bit more with the theme tune added at the beginning. I don't nice, even care. Nice. If you like hot weather, you're a morally degenerate. I've but decided this. <laughs> we did get something this week to help us out in, we our, did. in our heat problem, My haven't we? We had, yeah, go on. Bought us for our early wedding anniversary early. gift a, a really gorgeous, massive. It's like four meters long. Um, parasol, parasol like a three, three. Doodah, what's it a called? A three doodah parasol, everybody, it's, it's that's right. Three, it's like the three peak challenge of parasols. <laughs> it's got three little... So we can go on our deck in now. During the day. In the shade, and Abby's enjoying sunbathing. We not can sunbathing, have people round so without roasting them it. in their skins. Like yeah, a bunch very of nice, thank dating. you very much, Gemma's mum and dad. Mm. I'm glad they didn't wait until their actual wedding anniversary, because we've well, gone they through said, the whole of July. They said that they thought that it would be better now. It is, it's nice. It's right, nice. would you like a quiz? Yes, I would. Question number one: What's like your problem? More. <laughs> no. I'm not. Fifth to the oh oh. No, you're... I'm not that hot. I'm not Hang that on hot. a minute. What? I've been wearing shorts a lot recently, and if any, and I never wear shorts. My legs are out. I'm fine. 
Okay, I'm just looking for the quiz because I. Oh, sorry, did you want me to? Did you want me to fill more airspace, I... telling everybody about my legs? Yeah, t- tell everybody what. I'm wearing you're nice wearing. green shorts today. I don't have any socks on, which I hear is the latest fashion trend of <laughs> no socks. I have had to be told by Gemma if I'm wearing shorts, don't keep the socks on. <laughs> Honestly, I'm why? learning. Honestly, you have no need of socks if you're wearing shorts, and I'm that's a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> you don't need your socks if you've got shorts on. I just I don't get why the cool thing these days, all these young I know ones, you don't. is to wear no socks. Even when you've got normal shoes Michael, on. Michael, can I give you... Can I Can I tell you something? Socks are nice and cozy. That is going to blow your mind. What? They manufacture socks that look like they're not they, They're not there. I know, but why? Because it you looks nice. You can't display nicer. your lovely pattern that you've got on them for everybody. You can't, like, hitch up your hitch up your bottom trouser leg and go, hey, check out these socks. I was wearing what? really nice Abbey socks today. You know, those green ones with the pictures of our cat's head on that Jane got us from a birthday a few years ago. I was I was sitting there on doing doing my interviewing um, of these candidates with a leg on my knee, flaunting my cat socks. Like that's no yeah. I have to say you're so generous that you you said that was a gift for both of us, even though it's actually just for you for your birthday or for your cat. You can wear my cat socks and whatever you want. Thank you. Anyway, have you found the quiz? Is that yeah, have I, I filled enough time now with that? Right, you're you're being belligerent today. Sorry. <laughs> Is this this work, this hot weather's made you saucy. I haven't noticed it's hot. Right, twelfth to the sixteenth of June, years ending in a three and an eight, and I sourced this from coronationstreet.fandom.com, aka Coropedia. Sixteenth of June, nineteen seventy-eight. What do Mike and Hilda? Oh gosh, I'm gonna. I've got my paper. I didn't write my score down last week, did I? And I nearly forgot this week. Go on, Mike and Hilda have a dispute about what at the factory? It's not. Um, it's not our um, a mop. A mop. She. Broom. Yes, it's a brush. Brush, yeah. She wants what what about it? Well, as is as is well dodgy, isn't it? It's broken, it's 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 past it, it's what's tatty. The problem? And... Why would that cause a dispute, Michael? She wants a new one. What what's the problem? You won't give her a new one. Why? He's a skinflint. Yeah. He didn't get rich by buying mops willy nilly. Is that well brushes. Yeah. There we well go. Done. Um he, Why do he... I know? He's suspicious because he thinks that she's going to use the new one at her house. Oh, this is... this. We were talking about this earlier this year when we did the strike episode of the podcast, didn't we? Because all hey. the factory girls go on strike over, strike over Hilda's and brush. Don't spoil the quiz for next week. <laughs> uh, 12th of June, 2002. Bet has returned to the street. Hey! Whose sofa is she sleeping on? Audrey's. Yeah. 13th of June, 1988. Which two characters get married? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask, was this a wedding that happened in the show? Or did it happen uh, yeah. outside the show? We saw this wedding. I'm pretty we? sure so. No, 1988. Yeah. 1988. I'm really bad. I'm really, really bad with weddings. I expect you to know all of the wedding anniversaries and dates of every single Coronation Street character. It's very Can I have like the slightest of clue? It wasn't a happy marriage. <laughs> That's, that, that doesn't really narrow it down. No, I knew it, it wouldn't. Um, 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 oh, I don't know. Tell me. Um, Are you going to uh, one, one of the people was very religious. Um, Ivy and Don. Yes. Half a mark. Half a mark. Yeah, thanks. You're so generous. Fourteenth of June, two thousand and thirteen. Who nearly kills Dev with a golf trophy? Two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Who kills death with a golf choke? Nearly kills death with a golf choke. Yeah, no, get, tell you what, they better ne- never, never kill off Dev. When if if Jimmy Harkison ever wants to leave, 
I would like him to go some. What I would, I would love him to go somewhere tropical with a really beautiful <laughs> woman. Don't you? Don't you think? Yes, I think that would be lovely for him. Oh, I, I've got no memory of this. I'm gonna say Stella Price. You really think Stella would have done anything interesting? No, it could have been an accident. No, this person's menacing. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> and he doesn't notice. Obviously, Dev doesn't notice. What? Who would be going after Dev with the golf trophy? I really don't know. Carl Monroe. Oh, I was close then. You weren't close. Of course I was. He was bloody going out with Stella Price, wasn't he? Right, family. Michael, don't even pretend that's anywhere what? near. What? No! I knew that Michael, Dev had something to do with Stella back then. It was a character then. in the show at the same time. Don't be don't be ridiculous. No, Stella and Carl were together, weren't they? I knew that that was the same story. No, you didn't. Why, why was he, he going to kill him with a golf trophy then? Because Deb was sniffing about Stella. So it's got nothing to do with it? Well, what was it then? No, it's not nothing to do with Stella. Why I just Stella... said Stella. What was it? Why did he try and do it then? Because he was wondering about Sunita. Oh, Sunita, yeah, okay. It's nothing to do with Stella. All right. Mind okay. your neck in. All right. All 15th right. of June, 1998. Oh my gosh, this isn't looking good. Which barmaid leaves the street in 1998? 1998, I'm going to say motorbike girl, Samantha Failsworth. Yeah. Yeah. 15th of June, 2018. Toya confesses what to Peter? I did see a few bits of these on on Twitter this see, week. See, Coropedia has start like they when they do their like um the, on this day on this day they they sometimes they they uh what's the word they uh <laughs> what's the word I don't know what they expose my plans. I, I know, and I, I, I do, honestly, I, I I try to not see look at those things. I don't want to give myself an unfair advantage, really, but I will really say interesting, though. and I think I think it's good sometimes to give you some clues. Yeah, I'm gonna say that 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 maybe um. Baby, baby. What's baby. the baby called? The baby that she said was their surrogate baby is not actually their surrogate Whose baby. Whose baby was it? Eva's. What's uh, the baby called? What's the baby called? It should be quite... It's quite... If you think about it, it's quite an obvious name. <laughs> I don't know. For what Peter would call a baby. Uh... It's not I remember it was Simonina. A... I remember it was a name that um, we didn't know how to spot the correct spelling was. Okay. Go on, what is it? Susie. Susie, yeah. It was, with, was it an I or a white. Oh, that's bad of me. Forget. I'll give Susie a, Barlow. I'll give a point for that, though. Five years ago. 16th of June. I know. Time for Can a comeback for Eva. I thought you were going to say time for a comeback for Toya. I would agree. Well, yeah. <laughs> 16th of June, 2008. Why does Liam Connor sell his 40% share of Underworld to Tony Gordon? And you can be completely forgiven for not remembering this because Thanks. this was the era of people selling shares to each other, which is still ongoing now. Do it, does anyone? I don't know why. Care about this? I know that factory about factory. I, I don't shares. know why Liam Connor sold his share of the factory to Tony Gordon. Do tell. To do with Carla. I thought it might be. But you I can't thought... just say that every time I give you an answer. You're like, oh, we're... yeah, well, I knew that bit. Something to do with cutting. I yeah, knew really. that bit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Tell me, what, what did it was we do? It's to do with business. I'm or putting a zero. I'll give myself a nose. Carla blackmailed one. him and said she'd tell Maria, who was Liam's wife, that they slept okay. together. That made that does make sense. Yeah. If I if I wasn't yeah. Okay. If I did it. 
Anything else? That's it. Birthdays. Two, four, four and a half out of seven. That's all right. How did you do, listeners? <laughs> 17th of June. James Gavas, who played Vinnie Sorrell, and Tracy Bennett, who played Sharon Bentley. Have it. 19th of June, Thelma Barlow. Oh, this is the one year anniversary of Summer's Robot first appearing on the podcast. Because last, because when we introduced Summer's Robot, he said that Tracy Bennett was a Mardi Mare or something. I remember that. Happy anniversary, Summer's Robot. He is not here to join us this what week. Is... Listeners, I do apologise. Okay. Um, Thelma... He's out living it up on the town. He's All his fame's gone to his head. I don't agree with robots because I think that they're bad for the environment. Well, I think that AI is going to take over um, and enslave humanity. I was thinking today um, that we should just feed our notes, your notes, Mm. about what happened into an AI voice generator that's based on our voices and just get it to to, to read it out. Do you think you could just get it to like, here's some notes... Turn it into yeah, a podcast. Because oh, okay. they, they have those TikTok voices, don't they? They're really annoying. What's that? Oh, it's where they, they've got these, like, set voices and they read the captions out in this really obnoxious accent. I don't know what that is. But we could be TikTok I've voices. I've already said that I'm an old fuddy-duddy. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> 17th of June. Oh, I've done that one. 19th of June, Thelma Barlow, who played Mavis Walton and Philip Middlemas. she now? He played De Barnes and Millie Gibson. Oh, is it Gibbo's birthday this week, is Kelly it? Kelly Nealon. Happy birthday, Kelly Nealon. Still time Soon for you to, to be come back. Universal superstar worldwide. Soon to be just Doctor Who so coming famous. up soon. How many? It's like wouldn't acknowledge us in the street. You no, know, I, rec- I reckon we're like if we are on fire. Three months, surely. Three months away, maybe from Millie Gibson's debut on Doctor Who. Start. She's not going to be in it this year. She's going to be in it. Oh yeah, next oh, year from like. Oh, Christmas or something, you're right. isn't it? Yes, you're right. Because I remember she started filming it and I thought, it's ages away. And I know, I why are they filming so far in advance? Imagine no, Catherine Tate's that. back in a few months' time. That's good. I'm Imagine like, if they did that to Coronation Street. They just filmed it a year and a half in advance. They keep... It'd be too inconvenient, wouldn't it? I can't believe how far in advance. I, they, I complain about Coronation Street saying, I film it eight weeks in advance and all these spoilers come out. Doctor Who is only two years in advance. It's because, I'll tell you what it is, it's probably because there's more aliens in Doctor Who. What's that got to do with Well, that? you've got CG in the aliens, and the aliens don't exist, do they? To do that, well, yeah. they do exist, but that's Gibson another Gibson posted a very saucy photo of that Nakuchi, I've forgotten what his name is, <laughs> Gadwa, in, in the buff on her Instagram <gasps> stories With this no week. clothes on? Yeah, I don't know whether I want to oh, see Doctor Who in the Oh, daring me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> 20th um, okay. of June, director Philip Bernard. Bernard. Yes. And Philip Lowry. That's yeah. Hannah. Oh, Philip Lowry's birthday. Yeah. Is it? Happy birthday. 21st of June. Yeah. Maggie Jones, who was Blanche Hunt the mm. second. Oh, this is a good week. A very, well, you wait. Peter Dudley, oh. who played Bert Tilsley. You, this better be worth it now. And Anne but... Kirkbride, Aww. who played Deirdre Barlow. Will Thorpe, who played Chris Gray. 22nd of June, Judith Barker, who played Janet Barlow. And 23rd of June is Macy Allaby, who played Ruby Dobbs. Played Ruby Dobbs, did you say? <laughs> I played. think I might have, yeah. <laughs> yes, we haven't heard. Yeah, we, um, you know, that's still not officially been announced yet, has it? It's still just been leaked on her Instagram yeah, that, uh, that Macy is no longer playing Ruby. It wasn't us um, that said anything. Well, no, we said it. We, we were the we, ones that no, found we, it. We didn't say that we have a, we had a source from the... the I know, we're proper journalists and everything. Mouth. Um, yeah, but no words yet on any recastings or anything like that. And speaking of Maybe that... Maybe they're replacing no, her with an AI robot. Yeah, no word yet on um, little um, little Baba that um, Baby Boo. 
Jenny McAlpine may have had because, um, you know, she's she's Jew, she's Jew. Um, right, I think that's it. Should we talk about Coronation Street? There are mysteries to solve. <laughs> what was that long pause That for? was me doing a very quiet burp. Just holding it about. Okay, let's do Street Talk. So, um, Street Talk this week. Uh, how did you find this? It's Corrie Gemma. I thought it was alright. You you gave more bangins than I did on our Street Talk Sorry. shorts this week, didn't you? No, it's fine. You're allowed to. I thought I thought it was okay last week. You know, all all the stuff with um with the Yvette and Aggie storyline. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I, I I thought this week was so so, but it's nice to have had the Stephen story back in full swing. Yeah. Although I know that not everybody feels exactly the same way about that. I one, just want to quickly say one thing before it. I forget to say this, but. The way that they were talking and explaining and the scene with Tim and the bread makes me realise why sometimes when we're nitpicking about something and we're saying, oh, why don't they just explain this? Or why didn't they put in about that? And it's just like so much guff about bread and who did what and when and where they were going and and I can see why they don't bother to minutely explain every single thing that might still be. Yeah, a but bit... then there was also that other scene earlier this week, wasn't there, between Amy and Summer in the cafe, and they were talking about selling the flat and stuff, and they were being really, really vague with the language they were using. It was pronouns everywhere. You remember? I don't get what you mean. And there, they weren't really explaining things. They were oh, saying, no, oh, I you know, know that yeah. thing with the flat, and oh, it's really oh, sad yeah. that that has to happen. And we were like, what? What's going no, on? No, I knew that? what they were talking about. You didn't. I wasn't sure. Gemma, I, I have to um, announce, you, I've just taken a swig of my tea and there's a sweetener in it that you deal made for me. Deal with it. I'm going to deal with have it. Have it. I don't, I don't want to have it, thank you. I will, I will we'll c- keep on show. going with that. I'll see how I get on. I might be okay. I apologise. Thank you. That's what, that's what I wanted. I didn't even have tea. I just made you a cup of I tea. I know. I know you did. Right. So, stories this week. We are going to start with laying down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you haven't heard that one before. Is that your instant reaction to that amazing storyline title, Laying Down? Wow. <laughs> and we <She> fell down. <laughs> and then we've got the explicit content <laughs> warning, um, final no, final week no. of the sense. The explicit consent warning, sorry. We've got a little bit more of a roll in the hay. Uh, I just, sexy Bexy is the best Who's I've got. That? But, you know, Beck. Uh, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Spex, Max. I thought it was. I got Max. confused. I thought it was like sexy Brexit, like no. Isabella. You're not allowed no. in the UK I because we have Brexit. Got a good for that, and yeah. Brexit means Brexit. Mm. You're not allowed to come and insult our dogs. Um, I've got a new name for the Isabella story. Oh, I like though. this, Isabella Harridan, because <laughs> it sounds a little bit like Isabella Flanagan. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a deep cut, but it is. Funny. That's okay. The, the listeners will get it. You get that, don't you, Isabella Harridan? Isabella Harridan. Now I really hope that. Our beautiful, lovely, real life Isabella doesn't yeah. end up having that as a horrible nickname. <laughs> no, I, d- I did you. wonder that when I typed it earlier, but um, I'm assuming that any of the any of the nasty people at Isabella's school possibly don't listen to this podcast, so it's okay. Um, what about poor old H- Helen Harridan as well, and uh, all the other Harridans? Next, <laughs> the acid rhyme. You've gone crazy. It's heat. Who wants to go first? Um, well, I mean, you, you do love the laying down story, you but you also and... do love women's rights. So uh, I don't know. I don't love women's rights. I just think that we should have them and it shouldn't even be a question. You do You do the Amy story. Is that okay? Yes. 
No, you don't have to. No, you do the Stephen no, storyline. No, I'll do it. I think I'm... it's no. I think you're in too much of a flippant mood. I think I have to take. Oh, I'm it. a little bit of a flippant mood today. Right. So laying down this week. This is the Stephen story. It's all heating up, and there's he's finally got this week somebody on his case. Somebody to Stephen suspect does, yeah. him. Stephen does, and uh, and that's what I've been saying for a while that this story needs. I don't know whether I'm happy that it's Tim, although you know it makes <laughs> sense to be Tim. We already had um, this conversation. I, I said it was going to be Tim in the beginning of your prediction. So anyway, we'll get onto that. We'll let's see what happened. So it's the house move at last. I'm sorry, this week. but we, um, I'm still literally traumatized by how stressful our house move was. So the fact that Elaine was a bit nervous and annoyed with with um, Stephen not even helping her at all to move into this flat, I was completely on her side on Monday. This is like the most stressful thing that you go through as an adult moving house, and she's like. That everyone's treating her like she's just being a bit annoying and intense about it. She's literally trying to move house. Yeah, this is so stressful. That's Elaine's default, isn't it? She permanently looks like a petrified mouse. Yeah, but so, so like, do oh, I. Again. Doesn't mean you're not experiencing actual anxiety in reality. Well, she's trying to pick so, the keys up, and 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 Stephen's not helping her at all. So she has to ask Tim. She has to enlist lovely Tim to help her with that, yeah. And so he hasn't got much choice on that. Yeah, bloody Michael well, help your mum, you horrible git. Michael, meanwhile, is being recruited into moving Stephen's furniture because he is his lackey. And, I love um, that. That was so mean of I Stephen. Know. And then he... <laughs> Sean, Sean and his, Izzy were there saying, you, you you are just under his thumb at the moment, Michael. Because Michael like, just wants to be some kind of protege for him, doesn't he? And I'm wondering, like, where what's this leading up to? Is Michael... Uh, there are yes, there are definitely times when I'm Michael. thinking that Michael could be a potential victim. I, I I don't think that he will be, but I can definitely see Michael being made to be like Stephen's alibi. Like Stephen said, oh. "Look, Michael, you just have to say I was in the office. Don't ask questions. If you if you want this promotion, that. this is what you got to say." And I think Michael would. He would do it. He would because because there would have been a scene before that with him and and Aggie and and Ed, and they would have been been talking about glory and her future and mm. he would have said he's trying to provide for her and yeah. they would have said well you're onto a really good thing with this with this job you've got you know don't pack that in we're really proud of how well you're doing at that factory mm. you've never stuck to a job like you've stuck to this and then the next <laughs> scene will be Stephen be like Michael pick the food up we're gonna get this body into the do you truck. think he'd uh, do you think he'd actually no, get him involved no I, I don't but I, I think that Michael is he's uh, very moral I think yeah yeah he is but I also think that he could be easily persuaded. Yeah, he's gullible. Yeah, absolutely. He's not the brightest tool, is it? No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's just no me, no, it's stupid. Tools can be bright. I was talking about a, a torch. torch. Exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Hot everybody. Listen. It is hot. Oh, hang on. I'm I'm not allowed to complain about it, but you are. I'm just no. I'm mean, allowed to use it as an it more excuse. Than I, have. I know. Sorry. Um, he's not the sharpest. I'm not having you. Not the sharpest tool. Um, so I, I, I think that the that... sharpest tool. Yes, that's the phrase. No, it's the sharpest knife. No, it, it's tool. I don't prefer <laughs> not to use he's not, analogies. He's not the cleverest character he's on Coronation Street. Tool. Um, so I, I think that he, that that's could be. I hope that's where it's leading to because Michael's just been kind of like oh a little bit on the edge of this so far. But anyway, today he's just um, been forced into humping around Stephen's furniture from one place to another. Stephen, meanwhile, is going to the pub. Gemma, are you just googling what the yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the uh, what the not uh, the sharpest tool in in the shed. It's not the sharpest knife in the in the drawer. Yeah, and I was thinking of not the sharpest tool in the shed. 
But the th- but sometimes, like a hammer's blunt, you you don't need a sharp hammer. <laughs> okay, so Stephen, meanwhile, is at the pub with Owen, um, and, and then right. Owen... Let's remember, Owen is the American, the guy that fake was gonna American be... businessman. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the one who fancy Jenny, and Stephen warned him off. Yeah, and he's interested, and in he looks like Teddy, but it's not underworld. the same person. Do, yeah, Jenny does have a type, doesn't she? Clearly, I mean, not does, the same yeah. as Johnny or anything. Yeah, but, but even Johnny's kind of 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 that ilk of you know, northern businessman. I just think that Teddy and um and Owen they just look you know yeah, fairly. Do. If you swapped, honestly, normal. can I Just tell you? Just normal looking men. If men. you swapped Teddy's actor in for Owen's actor for a week, I would not notice. <laughs> um, anyway, so Elaine flaps in and she says, oh, Stephen, the van's all packed in. We need to go. Let's let's head out. So she drags Stephen away, leaving Owen on his own. Not pictured during this episode, hours and hours of waiting for your solicitors to exchange contracts. I know, despite how you know, flapped and frantic she is and everything. We still don't really get an actual picture of just how terrifying those final moments are when you like, it's like, it's the, yeah, could it's I like be your homeless? It's like final mo- moments, like you're about to be murdered <laughs> by an estate agent. Well, Elaine is, but just not, well, not by an estate no. agent, but Stephen's certainly got designs on He's going to hit her with week. a really stale loaf so, of bread. <laughs> Owen, Owen's um, saying, oh, I'm left in the pub alone with Jenny. Do you want to come and have a, have a chat? Because remember the last time that we saw them together was Jenny having a go at Owen because Stephen had told her that Owen is a bit of a player and um, and and so she, this is finally the moment when it kind of everything clicks and it comes out what she has been told. Um, so back outside, Tim sorted the van, Owen comes over, lays into Stephen and says, Oi, I, 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 you, you said that I'm a, what's a nice way of saying it? Playboy. You said that I'm a playboy. How very dare you, sir? Um, what's going on? And Stephen says, hey, you know, romantic complications, they can affect business decisions. I didn't want you fawning over a lady when we were doing a big deal. I was just you know, doing a favour for us. And I was like, I don't buy this. What the hell are you talking about? I really appreciate Stephen's ability to make up very plausible lies at the drop of a hat. I think he's great. Sometimes he needs like a break to think about it. Yeah, he's an like, break. I'll get back to you. Would you like to buy something from Argos? <laughs> Yeah, well, I distract you with this Argos catalogue. I'm going to come up with a perfect excuse. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Owen's like, yeah, I'm not sure whether I'll buy that. And uh, Stephen says, uh, and he says, well, you know what? I am going to take Jenny out and I'm going to buy Underworld and then I'm going to fire you. So Stephen's like, I can't be- how dare I you? This. I need this factory. Who do you think you are? You're not even a real character. <laughs> this, this is the thing with this, isn't it? Like, I don't know whether anyone's seriously thinking that Owen could become the new boss of Underworld, this Mr. Nobody here. Sorry, Owen, How you're where rude. you are, aren't you? This poor character. Um, but, but Stephen's shaking a little bit, so he needs to try and stop this sale from going ahead. Um, and he goes to Carla to beg her to reconsider. She's like, look, he's like, look, you, you stay in charge of the factory with me. You can be a sleeping partner. Stephen's like, Carla, don't sell the factory. This is such a boring storyline. Again, Carla, How come many on. times have you sold this bloody factory? It's like, no one wants to watch an episode... Another episode about somebody selling their shares in Underworld. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. 
But she's like, no, sorry. After my relapse that I had the other the other month, the clean breaks what my what I need. So she, Stephen's kind of brought it on himself here, hasn't he? Um, what is she gonna? What does she think she's gonna do with herself? Sit around on a weird sit around and feed sofa. sit around and feed um, Ryan grapes. I think <laughs> he's not eating that fruit by himself, is he? I'm worried about his vitamin C levels. I think she's the only grape she's been having are the liquids. <laughs> Very true. Um, okay, so Stephen is uh, has not had any luck with Carla. Meanwhile, at the factory. Um, Michael's there and walks into a very angry Stephen. So this isn't meanwhile, this is later. Uh, very angry Stephen in the office. And he's like, hey, hey boss, I've moved all your bosses. What? <laughs> this uh, Boxes, sorry. i moved all your boxes. And this is the beginning of Stephen's epic Monday meltdown. And Stephen's like, oh, tell me, when's the most convenient time for a medal ceremony? Oh, this was so bitchy. <laughs> this is brilliant. He was horrible. I tell you what, <laughs> I love watching him lie to Elaine and try to kill her and give Audrey pills and push people in bins and burn their bodies and chuck them in the canal. But if, when he's mean to people at work... I don't like it. He's just like a massively... Unacceptable. Uh, outrageously sarcastic here. And he's like... And then... And so Michael kind of goes off and then Stephen gets up this relaxation app and you can just <laughs> see like the veins pulsing in his head as he's trying to use this little poxy app to try and cool him down no, from an like, imminent meltdown. Imagine you're standing on the cobbles of a beautifully terraced heritage site in the north of England. You look to your right, and there's a bin. (laughs) Inside the bin is a man. The man is dead because he was mean to you. Everything's okay. The man is dead in a bin. That's what he needs, isn't it? (laughs) Calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Not coming back. He's going to be recycled. The other one's in the canal. Um, okay, so then we get that little compilation of annoying sounds from the factory, including Sean and Izzy laughing, <laughs> <laughs> and people scraping the um, the clothes hangers across the oh, rack. The, sa- the, sound of, the sound of a stag beetle in their kitchen. Thanks. That's a throwback to last week. Um, and, then, and then it just makes him completely blow a gasket and he storms out of the office and is like, get out, get out. Poor, poor non-speaking extra who was just fiddling along with a, with a <laughs> rail of pants. She's like, I d- didn't, didn't do, anything. do anything. What the hell? She's, he's, she's like the main person that he shouts at. And so she kind of skulks off and followed by mean. everybody else. And, um, and then he has a bit more of a rage by kicking things over. He kind of, it's, I preferred the bin chucking scene. You know, back last autumn when he was doing a bit of wheelie bin swinging in the in the alley, I feel that there was more gusto in that. But I, I, you can get probably a little bit more heft with a big bin, can't you, than a, than a rail? But it was it was fun to watch. Um, it is really interesting because I'm trying to, you know, if you think back to our other murderers that we've had on Corey, and there was a famous scene when Pat Phelan kind of. In, is enraged in his van and he's slamming on the I don't know whether it's really famous or whether it's us that well, just right. really, really like that scene. But, but I don't recall any other serial killer on Corey ever be having quite as much trouble controlling their anger. Yeah, everyone's really composed. Like and Richard Hillman, he's suave and smooth. He didn't, you know, he didn't panic. And actually, is Stephen the most violent of all of them? Um... I just I, I don't think Coronation Street could ever go down this this route, but Stephen is actually incredibly violent and 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 I can see him 
you know, actually doing a lot of damage to somebody. He snaps and lashes out, doesn't he? I mean, this is what happened to, to poor Teddy. Stephen reacted in the moment, thwack, and he's like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I shouldn't have really done that. Um, but and with then, um, Rufus, he that was more calculated. That it? that one was more calculated. Yeah, you're right, actually. But he he has definitely got a temper. So that's one thing I like about him. You don't know necessarily when he's going to just lose it. Um, so there might be hope for you for him for murdering Tim. You never know with what happens later on. Um, so he's he's gone mad. And then out of the bog pops Michael. Are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, don't go in there. <laughs> and Stephen's Are like... you mad about the smell? Because I swear, it was Aggie's food. <laughs> sorry, she made it? me a... It was an experimental breakfast. <laughs> Stephen's like, oh, sorry. Uh, but Owen's been threatening to fire me. And Michael's like, obviously very sorry about no, this. Because Stephen's his, his big boss mate. No, basically, Stephen k- kind of manipulates Michael into thinking that they're both in trouble. Because mm. he's saying, you know... And, and almost as though... Stephen's reacting on behalf of the injustice at, at anybody wanting to get rid of Michael mm. for how hard he works to kind of, you know, get, get Michael on his side. He's like saying, no, we'll Not get just anybody everybody. can come up with the idea of T-shirts with the same slogan on for children and adults, you know? No, that takes different. a lot of brain power. No, they're different. What? They're different. What are? The slogans are different, they, but they match each other. Do they? I can't even remember now. But they're, I um, can't believe this. This is Michael's best idea he's ever had in his life and you don't even remember what it was. Sorry. I should be like sticking together us, Michael, shouldn't I? Yeah, exactly. I'm just just like Stevens. His... Yeah. Um, so Stephen goes into the Rovers, gets an idea, uh, gets an earful from Jenny, obviously, about what um, about the lies that he told her. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I was, I was just uh, jealous of Owen because, uh, like, you know, you're a pretty foxy lady, Jenny Connor. And um, I just need to talk to you. And he's like, okay, let's come out to the back. <laughs> So he says, Jenny, no, I just couldn't stand the thought of someone else with you. You know, that makes sense. And Jenny's like, well, yeah, uh, fine. In the past, maybe I may have been attracted to you. Who knows what could have happened if we'd gone for that drink that one time. But it's over now. It's over now. And you're with Elaine. So that, I'm I thought, moving in with her today. She definitely, definitely. Uh, I, I think that she would have. If she was still lonely at this point and he was, you know, Elaine They're hadn't both... come along. Both, Something might have happened. I think they're both really good looking. And um, I think that they, they're both ambitious. You can't have either of them. I thought we were going to be like one of these polyamorous couples. A, th- a thruple. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I think that there's there's a mutual attraction there that I, I can't see mm. between Elaine and, and and Stephen. Oh, no. You know, I know, I know Tim is always wrong, but when he pointed <laughs> out that... You know, there might be a discrepancy there. I don't think... Yeah, he's, he's, he's onto something, isn't mm. he? So Jenny... Yeah, Jenny's kind of saying, what? how are you the saying this to me? I couldn't me? even bring myself to say I don't think he's wrong. I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to say... How are you saying this to me? You're, you're, you're engaged to Elaine. What the heck? And as long as you two are living under the same roof, yep. nothing is going to happen between us. End of. And he's that like, gets Stephen thinking, interesting, mm. I think I just picked my next victim. L- you said living... Living under the same living, you say. Hmm, <laughs> I can arrange something. Is he going to, like, keep a, a dead body propped up against the window like Mrs and then, Bates? And then Tim comes round. He's like, Mum, why do you never speak to me anymore? And then and then um, Stephen picks up Elaine's hand and sort of, like, wafts, like, get out, get out, get out, get out, Tim, I don't like you anymore. Mum, there's something different about you and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to get to the bottom of that, I swear. Go home, Tim. I don't want you coming around here anymore. 
Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Who knows? Um, so, Weekend at Elaine's. Hmm? Weekend at Elaine's. Yeah, exactly. So Elaine and Stephen. Um, oh no, Stephen, Stephen goes back to the factory and bumps into Carla. And there's a really nice shot of the factory from down low. Lovely, whoever directed that. But wait, sounds like Carla is having second thoughts about selling to Owen. In fact, if he can, if Stephen can get the money, she'll sell to him first. I can't remember because when about this happened, but she's maybe as part of a different storyline, had chats with Steve, hadn't she, about businesses being difficult to sell at the moment? I don't remember yeah. what it is because he's selling up everything this week. Um, Ugh, no, he's not. Well, he's not in the end. But I don't know whether this happened first. But anyway, so Stephen has now got the possibility of gazumping Owen and getting into the Rovers he's first. Like, um, right, not Rovers, so Underworld. I could get, I could kill Elaine and get the, get the girl and the factory. Yeah. Wow. Well, Double Elaine's so good at making sandwiches. <laughs> Elaine and Stephen unpacking in the that flat she's safe. later, and Elaine's trying to persuade him that you know this. this what, what are you doing this for? It's so You're funny. old like me. We should just be retiring. We should be wiring down, winding down. We should be selling ourselves on some beach somewhere, not working ourselves to to the fingers to the bone. What just? And, and he's like, no. And he's like, no. I need to do this. I want to work. I need the factory. And she's getting more and more frustrated with his. Um, refusal to even entertain the idea of retirement so she strops off and then and and then you get this good moment where he's unpacking the boxes and he finds a pair of matching slippers that were like what do they say his, his ladyship and no sorry her ladyship and his lordship, lordship. or something <laughs> and that is like he's like god this is cheesy not ready for that. Everyone yet. thinks I'm cheesy, but look at these that. slippers. I don't think Stephen would ever be ready for piping slippers. So Elaine comes back to the lounge later and apologises for um, being a bit sharp earlier. And he says, Look, it's fine, it's fine. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I do need to wind down a little bit, bit rather than chasing a young man's dream. So Elaine says, Brilliant, let's settle on the sofa with an episode of Rosemary and Time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, Right, need to put my plan into action. I'm not watching I'm that. I'm not watching that crap. No. Heart medication. So Stephen's, you know, he's he's getting the most success with his with his poisonings, isn't he? And his oh yeah, putting little drips and drips just, of this just, into just various say, concoctions. Just to say, you know, Stephen's Stephen's idea of of rosemary and thyme being terrible, and I don't share that. I've never seen it. I've no, no but, but it is a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. I, I don't think it would British be British mystery. Um, it's, it's, it feels Fisty like it's a, it feels like you know a, a it doesn't old, feel like the sort of thing that Stephen it feels like the sort of said, thing that Elaine would watch I want to watch that saying no more than that I think Stephen would be like I, I heard there was a, a really good documentary about how murderers were caught out and uh, it gives out tips or something about how to bury bodies uh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Women like murder shows, don't they? You like murder. Yeah, he could sit down with a box at Midsummer Murders and she's just enjoying it for the, and he's like, the country ah, drama and he's I taking see. notes. I see what happened. He left the bread on the side. I have to make sure not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the perfect thing, wouldn't it? She'd love it. Please, please, Corey, can you... I don't think there's going to be time. Can you write in <laughs> Elaine and Stephen cosy down watching a murder? Because I mean, I think I Rosemary just have to see time... there with a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> what are you writing? I'm just writing a love note to you. <laughs> I think you're doing a podcast about it. Here's my notes. <laughs> um, anyway, so his plan is that he is put. He's swapping out her heart medication tablets for caffeine pills. Which don't really look the same, do they? But never mind. Um, I don't believe anybody who takes medication 
would not notice the difference. Which is a little bit of a difference. But I will say, I do have pills I have to take, and it depends on where you get them from, they're all different. Do you think... But you would know that this is the batch that you had... I don't know. You know, I don't know. We would say, you know, as a viewer, it's easy to say that, wouldn't you? But if you were just... you, If you were not expecting, why on earth would anything other than my medication be in there? And also, sometimes with pills, you just, like, empty them out onto your hands and then just... Pop them up to your mouth. I think like they're... different people would have a different reaction, but mm. anyway. Elaine's an idiot. Yeah. Um, so she. So he. He's. He's just um, replacing her heart medication pills with caffeine. So she's not getting the the ticker tablets that she needs. But what she is getting is a as a high dose of caffeine, which gets her all a bit a bit crazy and, and hyper. Right. The jittery. next episode and jittery, doesn't she? But again, she's always jittery. How can you tell the difference? Um, so she's when like, she's like one of these. Um, tiny mammals whose heart beats a thousand times a minute or something. Yes, she is. I told you she's like a little frightened she mouse. Constantly. Isn't she constantly. That's why. That's why. She's um, like a shrew. That's why. That's why she needs to be stocked up on bread at all times. She's constantly eating crumbs <laughs> yeah, to keep her metabolism going. So I think her heart she like, and... stuffs them in her cheek pouches. Yeah. <laughs> she starts. She, she ejects all the crumbs at you and runs away. <laughs> oh, Elaine. Um, oh, bless so you. Stephen's kept Elaine up all night uh, on Wednesday's episode. Huh? Um, not not the way you think. It's it's his caffeine pills that he's been feeding her, um, and she she's like, "What's what's going on?" And Stephen says, "Look, it's just you just stressed about all the factory stuff, the move. You know, it's fine." Um, and she just needs to. You, all you need to do is remember. Most important thing here, darling, is that you take your heart medication and take it easy. And she says, "Okay, talking about taking it easy. That you what you thought about retiring, Stephen? Just stay stay home from work at least today. And you know, to be fair, this is their." first day in their flat most people take at least the day or the day after you move yeah off yeah uh but you know business folks don't get rich by taking moving days off do they no exactly they get people to move their mansions for Mm. them and he says look i'm gonna see what i can do at work this morning and maybe i'll come home at lunchtime and they they tell each other they love each other and then he heads off elaine's like you've got to hurry back Stephen. we've got to find out what happens next in murder in uh murder she wrote (laughs) um owen turns up at the factory to see sarah um and and it's all a bit awkward for Stephen because owen's there like i I don't want to don't want to talk to you, Stephen. So he's going to have this chat with Sarah about potential managers and then kind of a bit of a reshuffle at the top. And um, so Stephen makes himself scarce. Um, oh, oh, this is where Carla talks to Steve about the business selling market slowing down. Oh, I don't know what made a change in mind before. I don't remember. So Owen's investigating the factory files, including looking at all the previous owners and everything. I Nothing came from that. I was hoping for maybe a little callback. It really would have, like, honestly, if you're Owen and you're looking at all the all the owners and you're like, why why are these black lines through everyone's name? Yeah. Oh, they're all dead. They're all dead. Tony Gordon, dead. dead. Frank Foster, dead. Aiden Liam Connor. Connor, dead. Aiden Connor, dead. They're Ryan, either... uh, Ryan uh, was it? No, not Ryan Connor. He's not dead. He's just, he just Alia, blown up. What was the other Connor called? Blown up in a van. What was the dad, what was the, the older brother Connor called? I know called? who you're talking about. The one that was killed in the, in, in the car crash. The original Connor. Yeah, the main Connor. I don't remember. Yeah. That's a really, like, you know, and I I, I wouldn't be surprised if this factory owner, Stephen, ends the same way, you know? I know, we always... What was it? Chalice, isn't it? We talk about... Johnny, literally, hang on a minute. Mike Baldwin. I know... Covering a lot of... uh... Has everyone who's ever owned that factory just dead apart from Carla and Steve? I suppose Nick has been in charge for a little bit, hasn't they? But... 
Wow, that's not that's not got a good ratio. That's that's cursed. That should be really taking the price down, if anything. Yeah, we were talking about the curse of um, what, what which house was it? No, number six. And and you know that and and oh yeah, I think we need to consider this. Yeah, Paul Connor. Paul. That's it. Paul Connor is old old Connor. Uh, it's come dead, to me. I've not even been dead, looking it up dead, or anything. Dead. All dead. Wow. And Carla's the only one left standing. And honestly, she's she's like. She's like a banshee or something. She's like a cursed kind of cryptid who stalks through history, like bestowing um, shares on un- of underworld onto people who then later become mm. killed. I can't remember. It is, it's cursed. The it shares is. are cursed. Well, the 50 centers get a little shout out in that scene as well, don't They've they? They've probably all got There's something some about the phrase disease. 50 centers. It I don't just like winds it. me up a little bit when everyone, anyway, it, anyone it is says it. It is based on something. Um, it? Anyway... So um, I've I've completely lost where we are, but anyway, Stephen says, "Carla, just give me the cash, and you can have the fat treat." Simple She's as like, that. "Yeah." So give me Stephen money. comes home later. Elaine's in the flat with Tim, and um, and he may he offers to make her some tea. Tim Tim bogs off. So this is when we see the next little bit of the the overdosing. Stephen's got some crushed up caffeine pills and puts them in the tea, hands it over, and then we uh, later cut to Elaine. I don't and she's understand why a little bit. A little bit out of sorts. He doesn't like give her a can of Monster Energy and say it's like Lucasaid for people that are feeling woozy. Here you go. Yeah, could do. Just do it? that. Good work. A bit of Red Bull. <laughs> um, I think she might suspect. So Stephen says. I don't think Elaine knows what Red uh, Bull is. Uh, uh, Elaine, Elaine is looking a bit worried. She's feeling a, even jitterier than normal. And so Stephen says, "Look, let me help you over to bed." And so he kind of helps her to hobble over across the lounge. Yeah, just sit on the sofa. Sits on the sofa. We haven't got time. We haven't got a bedroom set yet, mate. Yet we've only got a lounge and a little kitchen. But sorry, darling. Uh, and then he offers to make her a sandwich, but he needs to go to Fresh Coast to get some fresh bread. What kind of sandwich? Right, start paying attention here because this gets complicated. He leaves Elaine alone in the flat, and uh, and then we had stunt Elaine, didn't we? I like Stunt Elaine. I got I got Leslie Kershaw vibes from this fall. It was a boom on the floor, wasn't it? it? Was this no, Elaine fall. There were, there Don't were show no the face because it's definitely not Paula doing that. Um, so as yeah, she she's she's. Um, not looking good. Passed out on the floor after all that caffeine. Stephen comes home later and finds her. And he's like, yes, my, my plan worked. Already? This is brilliant. Puts the bread down on the side. Pay attention. Bread, bread down on the side. Bread down, bread down. Like, Elaine, Elaine, can you hear me? Elaine. And then he goes over to her and he takes her pulse. And um, and then he's like, Elaine, Elaine. Uh, and uh, he, he then takes and sneaks himself back so off she, to the He must cafe. have realised that she's not dead at this point because he took her pulse. Yes. But he must Do you think be... he's like a bit disappointed? Oh, you can't Do you think kill... he's like going... Oh, can, you, can you give people too much caffeine to kill them? Oh, or... yes, you can. Oh, can yeah. You? You, yeah, look, yeah. Yes, it's, you can overdose on caffeine and die quite spectacularly, oh, I'm afraid. Um, well, and that was a spectacular fall, so she had a close call, didn't she? Uh, yeah, do not mess around with caffeine stuff, really don't. Okay. That's my advice. If you only listen to one thing I say today, it's that. Yeah, don't try this at home, everybody. And also, he's a bad one. Stephen's innocent. Um. So yeah, she she he he heads back. Well, off no, I'm wondering whether he's thinking she's not dead yet, but she should be dead soon. So I'm just gonna leave it a bit. Yeah, just go and have a coffee. Because Roy's. if he gets if he gets help for her now, mm. then um, then she might survive. Mm. Why didn't he just wait there though? 
See, uh, my problem with this, you know, and I know that the, the bread is the evidence that's that's going to catch him out in the end. But I would have thought that somewhere swanky like Red Bank may well have CCTV. Though they they did have the CCTV, like Ed's flats got CCTV. Yeah, that's true. They would have seen him Red coming Bank? and going. Yeah, Come but on. I Tim Tim hasn't picked up on that. And also, you'd have to. Well, like the the, the, yeah, but you could have a whole massive storyline where. He tries to get the footage of the of the ring doorbell or the, get the security guard to give him the footage and they refuse to. That ring doorbell, that's another thing that I was determined was going to have an important storyline role to play it's along with the scaffolding, doorbell. which we'll get to later. Whatever, get over it. Disappointment. Um, oh man, that scaffolding. I was what? trying to think of what I was going to say. Never mind. Never mind, never mind. So um, yeah, he's left and, and I think it was straight away then. I said to you, he's left the bread. He's left the bread. Someone's going to find that bread. Yeah. Bad move, Stephen. Um, so Elaine comes to later. Stephen's in, Stephen's in the cafe. and, and Audrey's chatting it. away with him. Yeah, yeah. El- Elaine comes too and she's all dazed and confused. So well, she, totally uh, back to normal again. This might end up coming out at a later point because Audrey sees Stephen in the cafe and says... How's the move? Can I come and see the flat? And he's like, no. Oh yeah, yeah. She tries so to. This might. She might remember this later. Mm, when may, she... Maybe. Maybe or maybe not. So um, uh, she try. Elaine's there trying to pull herself to the coffee table, but collapses again. It's... Oh, what? I know what I was gonna say. What? I wonder, and I don't. I don't think this will happen, but it would be a really interesting new angle that Corey has never been able to do before because of technology. If Tim might buy Elaine one of these new watches, these Apple watches, but it wouldn't be obviously branded because they know when you fall over. Yeah, yeah, they do, don't they? You can have a. And if my mum, if my mum fell over, I would get her one of those because they they can save your life. Yeah. Well, my yeah. What? No, nothing. I was just trying to think. Because I know that there's all other devices you can buy for people. You can probably get something similar that doesn't cost quite as much as an Apple Watch that does. The well, job. there are lots of there are lots of different things, but you know that might be something that would be really interesting that um, Corey could explore possibly technology wise. Because I know there was there was even a murder case where a guy was found guilty, I think, or they were trying to investigate him because of the the data collected by the victim's Apple Watch that proved that her pulse was uh, when at a certain time when he said he wasn't there, but he had turned out it was there, etc., etc. But thank you. <laughs> I knew that was interesting when I started saying it. <laughs> What's happened to poor Elaine? She's, she, she's being stretched into an ambulance. Stephen comes out of the cafe later and sees her oh, there. No. Sally's there with her. Um, Stephen panics and there is quite a nice little cliffhanger when he's standing outside the ambulance and he's like, Elaine, Elaine. And she doesn't respond, does she? So there's like a moment of, does she know? Well, hang on. But he's, actually, she's just ignoring him. He's panicking because she's been brought out in the ambulance. Because if his plan had worked the way he wanted it to be, they wouldn't have taken her to the hospital because she would have been dead. Yeah, exactly. But I think that he is worried here that she yeah, exactly. might have known. Because especially if she, he was literally saying, Elaine, Elaine, are you there? That is so risky. What if she just said, oh, hello, yes, I yeah, am Yeah, but then he would have said, oh, my God, you've fallen over. Or, or, or maybe he, she could have come to just, you know, 30 seconds after he left the room. And she'd have been like, why did he come in? call my name and then disappear off well, to be and fair, not come back. To be fair though he's he's too confident you, he's got three victims under his belt he's been a bit cocky. With me in the middle of the night you don't even remember them. So I do. Yeah. I could murder you then. <laughs> um, so Stephen gets into the ambulance and luckily for him 
She hasn't seen him. Um, she didn't see him in she the flat. Know. She doesn't remember. She's she's all nice with him, and she says, "Oh, I've managed to reach the phone and call an ambulance." Oh great! And Tim comes over oh, and he tries to see her, but the paramedic says, "No, we got to get her to the hospital." So they close the door with Stephen inside, and he's like, <laughs> he's like shakes his head he at her does. like Stephen does. He's like, "I'm really." D-. I this is you weren't watching at this point. You were tweeting something. I said, "Remind back this. Look what Stephen does." And he like gives oh, her yeah. gives her a shake of the he head like, "I'm me. so disappointed in you, Elaine." Why can't you Stephen? Sorry, I'll try and die better next time. Um, so the word starts to spread. Maria goes and tells everyone in the Rovers. Tim gets to the hospital, and Stephen tells him that Elaine's fine. Not sure what's wrong with her. They don't actually come get to the bottom of it, do they? I she don't know. just got she got ditzy mouse syndrome. Ditzy mouse, everybody, and um, yeah, she's. Well, this is when Tim and Stephen are there together, and and Elaine's being investigated. And yeah, and, and he says the reason why your mum was alone in the flat was because I was going to get bread. Mm-hmm. Remember this. Remember. So. Um, the doctors still haven't found out what caused her to faint. She's okay now, though. The doctor's like, come here. I think she's just a bit weird. <laughs> she's a bit like, you know, a bit flighty. Yeah. So I've put that in her notes, a bit flighty. And just don't let her watch any murder shows. <laughs> no um, more Rosemary and Time. She can only watch... What do you, what do you recommend? Like... I can't think Gentle of... comedies. Oh, what about that new one that we're watching on ITVX this week? Significant, Significant Other. Significant Other. That's she quite gentle, that. isn't she it? Likes. Yeah, quite, she can watch that. Good. She can watch Absolutely Fabulous, but we she finished... can't laugh. You're not allowed to laugh at anything. We've finished watching um, Alan Carr now, haven't we? She can watch we? that, that she was likes. very, very good. If she's open-minded, she might think, not be. I think that she is. I think I can see Elaine <laughs> not minding the, the, the story. I can see her going, it's and a funny show. This week, we finally watched the last episode of Benidorm, didn't we? We have reached the end. She can't watch Benidorm, that's too raucous. It didn't go out on a high, I'm going to say. It was It was good, it was fine. It, it was, was a good. good series, but second yeah. half of the series... Um, when the Garvey's left, just, it went... Yeah, you could have ended there. Anyway. Anyway, anyway um, so Stephen, uh, so, they're, so they're, they're in the hospital, she's all right. She tells Tim, I'm fine, I'm fine, Stephen's going to take care of me. Good. Um, Stephen and Tim are back in the flat later and Stephen's packing her an overnight bag and when he's left alone in the kitchen Tim just kind of like absent-mindedly moves the bread doesn't he he's not he's not clocked anything unusual at this point and I'm like oh I don't want him to find out just yet I don't I, I, I didn't want him to put two and two together quite as quickly as he did um, but it's still quite enjoyable well he had today. to otherwise he would, how long would you have thought about that bread after the you wouldn't have been dwelling on it again. There's something about that bread. I don't well, know he wasn't it. thinking about it at this point, was he? But it could have been a sort of thing that, you know, months down the line. I, I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm fine with... Yeah. So back at Sally's house, Tim is starting to put these uh, pieces of the puzzle together now. And she, he's well, like... Well, he's saying I wouldn't have I, to stay I with think us, that, I'm about Yeah, I don't, I don't trust Stephen with Elaine. And Sally's like, no, don't be silly. Stephen loves her. He's going to look after her. It's fine. And Tim says, I've just, just got a funny feeling in my bones about that, Stephen. Um, what what direction did he come from earlier when he came towards the ambulance? And it's a bit of a Sally's weird like, well, question. Rosamond Street, I guess. No, uh, and he's she like, asks Tim, and Tim says Rosamond Street, you've written her. I, it might have been the other way. It might have been opposite. And he's like, something doesn't add up about this story about this bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, has bread ever had such a pivotal role in a story since King, Ar- um, King Alfred burned <laughs> those cakes? That's not even bread. Um, it's baked goods, Michael. I don't remember. 
I'm trying to it think of matter. a bread-related curry story, but we've already had enough tangents today, so I won't. But Friday, um, Elaine is back home already. Tim's worried about her being left alone in the flat all day when Stephen goes out of work, but she's like, no, I'm fine, honestly, bugger off. She, I need to watch my murder programmes. And uh, she chases him and Stephen out of the flat. Tim um, goes to work and starts to share his theories with Steve about how Stephen getting confusing already, is a little bit dodgy. And he says, there's something about this bread that doesn't add up. And Stephen, when he came to the ambulance, if he'd just come back from fresh goes, why, why didn't he have bread with him? And why Where is his bread? bread Where has he flat? stuck his bread? No, at this point, he doesn't Whoa. say that. He goes to the flat to see Elaine. Yeah, he goes around to see the, the Elaine in the flat later. And, and, he, and when he offers to make her a sandwich, this is when he has his light bulb moment. And he's like, oh... But this is bread new here. bread. What's going on? Um, right, so this is honestly, this feels so much more convoluted than I feel like it needs to be. Let's get to the end and then we'll, or, we'll, we'll, or maybe explain it as we go. I don't know. So Stephen gets Brax back and Tim says, what's this bread doing here? You, how, how did, you, you said that, what doesn't he get about the bread? Why is the bread here when... You... No, he says, I remember this bread was here yesterday. Yes, and you said you you were buying bread and that's How why you weren't in the flat. How did this bread get here yesterday that's why Elaine... you didn't go in and see my mum? Hang on, that's why Elaine was unconscious yeah. by herself because you went to go get bread. But when I came into the flat, there was bread here already. And you said you went to the ba- you went to get to Fresco to get bread, but when you came in the ambulance, you didn't have bread in your hand. Makes perfect sense to me. So what's going on? This bread's been here the whole time. Stephen says, no, no. This is fresh bread from this morning. You must have seen the mouldy bread yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And see, okay, he, he takes a little while to think of this one. He kind of stalls for a little bit. But in the end, he is absolutely no. insistent that yesterday's bread and today's bread was completely different. They didn't have any bread at Fresco's yesterday, so I had to go there this morning there to this pick morning. some up. Yeah. Now, if this was... A specialist bakery-themed murder mystery story. Mm. The whole thing would have been solved immediately because Tim would have said, "But wait, this is a French loaf. This isn't made with fat or butter or oil. It doesn't go mouldy. It goes stale." Oh yeah. You're lying. And then he'd go, "You've got me. You've got me." I, say, and then I would say that um, Tim is more a connoisseur of like biscuits and crisps rather He's like, than this bread. This is a Jaffa cake. It goes hard when it gets yeah. stale, or the other way around. Yeah, he didn't get. I didn't get why Stephen. You know, if I was Tim, I would have said, "We've literally got a bakery set on the program now. Why, why didn't you, you go to the Rutland's? bakery? Why didn't you go to Rutland? Because she likes Freshco's finest, and they're trying to flog Freshco bags in the <laughs> in the gift shop." Elaine completely believes Stephen has died of the story, and she and she's like, "Tim, what do you want? Blood?" And Tim's like, "I don't, but he might." <laughs> so he's completely um, convinced at this point that St- that Stephen is about to bump off his mum. Stephen pretends to try and make peace with Tim later on in the episode to buy him a pint. Would you he's like, like a pint I, honestly, I love your mum. What motive would I have for trying to kill her anyway? And Tim says, "I don't know yet." But I'm still suspicious you, and I'm keeping on. my eye on you. This is unbelievable. Why? You, you can't leave a motive, Tim. To, what, to kill off your annoying mother? She's annoying. She's rich. He yes. fancies Jenny. She keeps going away from the programme and then coming back again. There are so many reasons. Um, so, did how did you enjoy this attempted murder? This Sorry, that, that's the end of it. That's the cliffhanger that we're under. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether it would take too much of a... 
stretch of the imagination for Tim to come up with the idea that his mum's recently come into possession of quite a large amount of money and maybe Steve is after uh, Stephen is after that. But how, how did how did you enjoy all the all the, all the attempted murder ends this week? I thought this was really good. Oh, wait, there was a funny bit where um, Elaine was on the floor unconscious and there was a book on the table called Dumb Witness. Oh which yes, is great. <laughs> um, because that's a book about poisoning, isn't it? Well, it's also you know she is dumb and a witness, but she has, didn't even she know didn't what she's witness a witness her of. own. Witnessed her own poisoning. Um, my, my question is... What's, did you endorse the story of Dumb Witness? Why are you asking me? I thought you knew. No. It's a story about... Somebody... You just told me what it was. Why are you asking me if you know? Somebody put it on our Facebook group. Sorry, I can't remember who it is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, no, it's a story about um, somebody who tries to poison their family member. Why do you think I know that? Because, because you, you know books and stuff. Oh, Michael, I hate it when people do this. Sorry, so I literally, tedious. I thought, I thought honestly, that you knew. It's honestly so tedious when, just because I did a degree in English, apparently I know every book that's ever been written. I thought you put And it... every classic novel in the entire history of the world. And I've read all of Charles Dickens. And I've read all of everything that's ever, all Jane Austen's. And I, to me, Jane Austen wrote one book and then split it into about five different versions and changed the names of all the people. Because <laughs> it's all basically the same bloody story, isn't it? Yeah. That's my opinion. No, it's about, it's, it was, um, it was a very apt book. Oh, sorry, I thought you better tweet out knowing what no, the book I was didn't. about. I apologise. I just thought it was funny because... It was funny of that as well. you don't need to know anything about the book to know that the word dumb witness next to Elaine on the floor is funny. Yes. And I'm, I'm sorry, but my thought process was no deeper than that, Michael. <laughs> but my question is... Is he going to try and keep up this caffeine pill attack on Elaine or is he going to change tactics? Well, I don't know whether he's, you know, going to have to back off Elaine a little bit now. Because if somebody's suspecting him of killing her and then she somehow, you know, pops her clogs... But really... Tim's going to be pointing the finger. This is a little bit like when Audrey started to be really, really convinced that Richard Hillman... There are many, many parallels to be drawn with that story in this one. Richard had to kind of back away from going after Audrey because otherwise, you know, Norris and Archie would have said, look, it's got to be Richard. So it feels like maybe Elaine is safer. And, and, and I, but I don't know how to feel about that. everything that he wants, he can only get by killing Elaine. Yes, his plan There's does. There's no way around. He doesn't want to marry this woman. He doesn't want to marry her. He doesn't want to live there. He wants the cash and he wants Jenny. Mm. He needs the factory. So... She has to die. And because Tim only... Tim, at the moment, all Tim's got on him is possibly that he saw her on the floor and walked off. Which could have happened even if it had been a natural causes thing that that happened to her. He doesn't... He hasn't said anything about, I think you're trying to kill her or I think you're behind what happened to her. That will definitely come later. I thought he has. I thought he's accused Stephen of killing her. Trying to kill her. I thought he just thought... Because he said, what, what would I... Stephen said, what what motive would I have for doing that? For leaving her to die, which is different from causing her to be in I that situation. Exactly Can you what... see the difference between not rescuing somebody who's drowning in a lake and pushing someone in a lake and not rescuing them? Yeah, yeah, of course. But I, which I... is basically the difference between what he's done. He, he didn't help her... So, so, so Tim's suspicious, but he's not suspicious yet of what it was that made Elaine. But I don't think it's going to take very long for him to start wondering. Yeah, but That's, he he hasn't, he hasn't got specifically it, come out and said he hasn't got much evidence other than I've got a funny feeling about you as well. Well, he's not. He's never liked him. Mm. He's he, you know he was having to go in 
you know, the other day, mm. say he doesn't see what he sees in his mum. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel then about the fact that Tim is the is the one that's Again. potentially going to bring Stephen down? Boo. Or is he? Boo. I I still think it feels too soon to kill to get rid of Stephen. Stephen. And I know he's got his enemy. He's got his not enemies. His not fans out there. He's got his haters out there. Well, I just think that Stephen's going to be here for a long time yet, and I, and I. My prediction is Stephen's out at Christmas. That's what I think is going to happen. Or New Year's. I think he's got... I think Christmas, he's got, New um, Year's, Super Soap Week, possibly. When's that? October-ish. Maybe October. Late September, early I October. Think, I think we've got a summer of Stephen to look forward to. Mm. And I cannot wait to get hot. <laughs> I, so I... I don't know. Is, is Tim going to be put off the scent? Is... T- t- I don't know. Because... It, it's it's quite funny that this story, the, the Richard Hillman story with Norris and Audrey and Archie all suspecting Richard has just been playing out recently on Classic Coronation Street. And, and that was so well done there. I, I'm not enjoying this one quite as much. I think it's probably the characters that were involved back then were just absolutely superb. And um, I don't know whether Tim is kind of canny enough no, he's not. To be the but, detective in this story. No, he, he really, he, he needs to get Sally on his side, because that would be quite fun. Um, but, you know, we were talking about mm. how physically intimidating Stephen can be and how violent he is. It yeah. makes me wonder whether this this is all going to end in some kind of fight between Stephen and Tim. Or whether Stephen might just scare Tim off by threatening him. I don't think that I don't Tim's think it would work. No, I don't think. I think he's too stupid to. Well, feel especially fit. you know, if he's wants to protect <laughs> his, he wants to protect his mum. He's not going to just run away and hide because an angry Canadian has been a bit stern with him. I wonder whether there's anything that Elaine could do to to make Tim back off. She, I suppose, you know what we've got here again. Look, thinking back to the Richard storyline, you had Gail who was a, a, a defender of Richard. It's like, what are you talking about, ma'am? He's not trying to kill you. And then you had Audrey, who was absolutely insistent. And then Audrey and Gail became estranged for a little bit. And yeah. So maybe Elaine's going to say, it's going to like disown Tim. Well, I can maybe, see her doing that. Maybe we need Elaine in the show for a bit longer then, because if she's the Gail equivalent, that was kind of the reason why Richard was able to skate a wet, a wet, you know, under suspicion for so long because she was so um, vehemently defending him. Yeah. So maybe maybe he, she isn't his next, next victim. Maybe he will just go straight to killing Owen because actually that solves a, a problem. That solves the same problem as killing Elaine does because um, it doesn't get him Jenny, but it does stop Jenny from going off with Owen, which is a danger. And it also yeah. gets him out of... Carla selling the factory to Owen. I get the feeling that he's, she's going to sell it to... I said, you know, Carla needs to sell this factory quite quickly, doesn't she? So whatever's no going to happen, I know, but, it's got to happen but fast. I, I'm not, I'm so, not, and and he, there's no other source of income for Steve. I'm and not I know that that's never that, stopped anyone on Corrie before from just suddenly having oodles of cash. Well, and, he's also been trying to do stuff with, with Audrey and getting her money. I'm not convinced that Carla won't just change her mind next week and go, oh, no, I'm going to stay in the factory. I've decided. Mm, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, what else was I going to say about this? I just had a thought in my head, but I can't remember what it is. Um, so it's to do no, it's, with Odie in the factory or no, getting rid of Owen or... No. Or... Uh, no, I, I can't Jenny. think. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I was just going to... That's it. I, what I really, really, really want more than anything is for before Stephen goes off to the great Beyond. bin in the sky, is I, I want to see him being the landlord of the okay, Rovers. Yeah. I just would love that. I know it's not oh. going to last, so please <sighs> just let it happen. Jenny and Stephen, I would love to be a couple, but it feels like we need a lot more time. If this story was going to end around September or October time, I don't think that's quite enough. I want to see him bar Tim from the pub. Ah, oh, yes. And I also want to see him ring the bell for time. And then, and then, like, in a really menacing way, like, like you know, like it's time. Last and it's orders. A, yeah, like it's a, you know, you're about to die, it's time, your time's up. Yeah. And then, oh, and then it cuts to Tim, and then it cuts to Stephen, and he's ringing the bell and looking directly into the camera. <laughs> yeah, I, I would really like to see this. I, I, I mean, it's, it's less less necessary for him to own the Rovers or be part of, you know, one of the managers of the Rovers if he's still in charge of the factory. But maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Owen gonna is going to get the factory for a bit. Maybe he's going to do a Debbie and just te- buy everything on the street. If Owen got the factory... Stephen would have to find alternative employment. Yeah. So that money might double down on pursuing Jenny. Then he can bar Elaine from the pub. Are we, why does he have to kill Elaine anyway? Why can't he just dump he wants, her? Because uh, he's... I suppose he wants the money, doesn't he? wants he? the money for the factory. Yeah. And we still we still don't really know what particularly... Why? Why he's so keen on this? I mean, Gabrielle's gone now. I don't know where if he, she's going to come back and get killed. Oh yeah, she's had a lucky escape. Because we, we were like convinced that she was going to be 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 a goner. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, I I love this story. I know there are loads of people that are hating this, but it's just ridiculous. And the fact that it's so bread was the silly. key item in this week's. Um, yeah again it's another this is silly and they know it's silly you know you got bins you got hole punches you got bread you got kooky lsd trips it's a silly story isn't it we all we all know it and and it doesn't bother me whatsoever um what did you think of their new flat liked it Mm. Nice spiral staircase. Oh wait, there. yeah, that's fancy. really cool. But um, fancy windows leading out to a brick wall die. because it's a set. Um, I, I I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, it was um, nice. Bit too early to judge because it's full of boxes at the I moment. Feel, I, I'm glad know, that we got to see it because they've been yeah. talking about this flat for ages. Poor Elaine, I feel so bad for her. Really, I know she's a silly little um, flippity gibbet, but. She just wants to retire with a man that she, who loves her and watch Rosemary and Time on the sofa. And I don't blame isn't her. Isn't that just like, isn't that just the dream? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been saying, cat. you know, we could retire here or I could work for a little bit longer and then we could, you know, retire on a cruise Honestly, ship or something. I'd be so annoyed with him. If I, if, if I was retiring, because I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to retire before I do. Because you're a teacher pension. Yeah. And I, you know... <laughs> I'm going to be working down Tesco where you're sunning yourself on the deck, probably. You wouldn't let me. Well, what if do you I think was I'm sunning do? myself on the, the deck, mines? that'd mean that I'd be like having to do the housework and you wouldn't trust me. I'd be making the dinner and stuff. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, anyway, that was fun. That was my favourite story of the week. But um, we also had the explicit consent warning, didn't we? Do you want to move on? Are we ready? Ready for new story? Yeah. Bit of Amy and Aaron. Aaron's last week. Well, it wasn't just the last week for Aaron. No, we had double exit this week, didn't we? Aaron and scaffolding. What the hell? 
Well, let's. What? What? I'm just lost for words. That There's scaffolding has been happened. up for a year. Something happened oh, here. Yeah. That that we don't know what what it was. It, something behind the scenes went wrong. Somebody needs to tell us, please. No, I don't need to know. I, I prefer probably not to know. Would you? Um, you I don't want to know the what the drama might have and been. intrigue is 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 more exciting because honestly, one hundred percent. They just get ran out. They just didn't even bother, did they? They it's, it was like I don't even remember how it's. Oh no, it started said, because a tile fell off the roof and nearly hit Tracy on the head about a year ago. But my point is, they they didn't even try to make a story out of it. In the no, end. they were like, well, if we can't do, we're assuming there was a story, and then they couldn't do it for whatever reason. Yeah. And then they said, we're not going to even bother or think about anything new because that story was so great. At least with the sinkhole. I don't want to waste it. When they couldn't do the original that they wanted to do with the 60, they just kept it there. And it was a bit weird that there was a sinkhole in the Platts back garden for a year. But at least, it, you know, it at the end, something. it led to something. Exactly. All these, all these like scaffold Did it lead to something or did it start with something? What do you like, mean? What happened to the sinkhole in the end? Killed Johnny. No, well, that's how it started when the sinkhole opened, wasn't it? Michael. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That. It doesn't matter. Um, the scaffold isn't coming down, it's and had it to have really had a story. didn't. Maybe <laughs> here's a conspiracy theory. Maybe the actual building, the actual real set building, was dodgy, and they had to put scaffolding on it because it was falling down for a year. Yeah. Don't believe it. Maybe there was an actual sinkhole in the set. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, I would really, really, it. really be interested. Everybody to know has to forget it. What was it, it going to be? Was somebody going to fall off? Was somebody going to, you know, yeah, land uh, headfirst on the cobbles? Was the ring doorbell going to be picking anything up? Because if that doesn't win the build up to now award at this year's to. Bobbins Awards, then I don't know. It is going to. So, um, Amy's so, so Amy's upset because she feels like she's caused so much hassle to Steve. Um, and, and Steve's in bad books, in Tim's bad books later, because he has to confess to him that he wants to sell his share of streetcars because he needs, he and Tracy need to raise as much money as they possibly can so that they can fund Amy's legal defence against the dark arts of Aaron, who is um, the Hufflepuff boy that got killed during the tournament. Yes. Cedric Diggory. Cedric Diggory. Yeah, um, yeah this is all... I, I... <laughs> Although I really liked how the story ended. I hope at least all three the, people knew what I was talking about. All the stuff with selling the businesses wasn't really wasn't really getting my blood pumping. I thought it was Wasn't worried dull. about it. I wasn't worried about it. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, so Steve tells them, Steve, Steve tells Tim about this and about, they, they basically, they've got a 50-50 chance here, but they're doing it for the moral good. And honestly, I, I feel like this was a really bad lesson to try to teach Amy that what? you should throw your entire future away because you feel like you're in the right about something when you've got a 50% chance of proving your case. Um, but mess- I understand why they did it. I just feel like it was... It just felt like quite illogical. It just was like a family first kind of thing, wasn't it? It was not family first. If you are selling your means of income... And and kind of making it so that you like oh, they have love mor- moral morally they were correct but practically speaking not so much mm, okay I don't know yeah no, that's it's debatable not. so later on 
Um, Amy finds the meeting. This was another thing. Steve, Steve and, um, and Tracy are talking all week about how poor they are and they need to sell their businesses to sort of fund Amy's, de- Amy's defence. And then every five minutes they're like going, let's go out for a meal. Let's go and get a takeaway. Let's go to the pub. Yeah. Maybe if you'd save your avocado toast money, you wouldn't have to sell your business. <laughs> so later on, um, yeah, Steve and Tracy are, are in the living room and, and Amy's feeling guilty and saying, why don't I just use all the money that, that Deirdre gave me? And everyone's like, oh yeah, that would make sense. But Steve says, no, that's not what it's for. It's not for that. It's not for that, but at the same time, why doesn't Amy lend her parents the money that Deirdre left her and they can pay her back if they don't win the case from the earnings from their businesses that they will still have if they don't sell them. Good point. Just an idea. On Wednesday, Steve talks to Carla about this business thing, saying they might not get as much money as they wanted to because the the market's slow for businesses and this is what gets Carla's brain ticking about selling her business. Mm -hmm. Amy and Summer talk about Steve and uh, Tracy potentially having to sell the flat that they're living in just for the money for this and Summer's like don't worry we all just want you to win so you know this poor man Billy and Paul Paul's just been diagnosed with MND Summer's you know terminally stupid Billy is a hand-wringing idiot and they're all being evicted because of of Amy so she's starting to feel really guilty about this but everyone's just so nice about it aren't they and so supportive yes. and, and lovely just like they would be in real life so um, they go to see Adam at the lawyer's office and Dee Dee's trying to go through the evidence to see what they've got to prove that Amy was drunk. And she's got this receipts and things and she says the only thing that we can say is that... Um, they've got the receipts to say that they bought, bought wine, wine. But Amy's case kind of rests on when did they drink when it? did they drink it. Did they get drunk together in the flat? And if you thought, if you thought the bread was thing was confusing... This was more confusing to me, but we don't need to worry about it because in the end it doesn't make any difference. So don't worry too much about this, but they're trying to prove when this wine was drunk. And Amy's like, well, this whole thing rests on this very crucial piece of evidence. But actually, I'm, you know, myself, I don't think this does prove much at all. No, that's what I was thinking. It really, really doesn't. I felt bad for the writers and, and the, you know, the storyliners here because they were trying to spin some kind of logical defence out of a situation where it literally is he said and she said. And there was, the, the, you know, they were trying yeah, to hang it on something. isn't going to make much difference. I don't know if the there's ever been a case that has been a real life case where something was proven in this way. Maybe they based it on something real, but it just felt very, very tenuous and mm. incredibly... Well, as we say, it doesn't make any difference. In incredibly end, difficult to... Anyway, Tracy finds Steve and says that, um, hooray, somebody wants to buy the florists, but they want a quick sale. So Jolly it's now Hollyhocks. On... I love that name for Isn't a Isn't it Jolly Hollystick? Holly... Oh, no. Hollyhocks. That's a flower, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I know it's a flower, Michael. It's a play on the phrase Jolly Hockey Sticks. Hockey Sticks, yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I understand. I really, really think that Preston's Petals needs a rebrand, and I think they should just steal this name. Yeah, what they Why is it about still it? called Preston's Petals? I don't think Jolly Hollyhocks. All Ho- this time, I don't think Jolly Hollyhocks is a particularly Weatherfield name. Sally would love it. Sally would get all of hers, and and then she'd be like, "Would you like my posy? I got it from Jolly Hollyhocks. It's just a little <laughs> bijou florist around the corner." <laughs> so, um. Yeah, now or never, basically. 
as though there's only one person who wants to buy a florist in the whole of the country. Aaron brings some bits and pieces over to the flat and he gives them to Summer, which I guess it's her stuff, and he sees this for sale sign and, and he says, what's happening? And and Summer's like, oh, yeah, you, do you not watch the show? Oh, wow. Jammer got married, Paul's got MND, you raped Amy... Now everyone's selling everything. It's just disaster after disaster around these parts. The scaffolding has come down. And he's like, oh no, I'm the victim. And Summer goes off on one saying, look, you know what you did. You know what you're you are. You're not the victim. Alia is. Let's you're not, not the victim. This. I'm the victim. <laughs> plus Alia, plus Paul, plus Amy. Well, she. Yeah, Mostly so, Amy at this point. So means. Uh, Summer's not taking Aaron's sob story at all. Steve talks to Tim about selling streetcars again and Tim says I want to buy it first refusal. This makes me wonder actually whether there might be a story where Tim and Stephen are both trying to get Elaine to give them money so that they can buy things. Maybe. Well he doesn't actually end up wanting. doesn't need to do it in the end does he? But the fact that Tim was asking can I buy it and he knows he doesn't have any money or does he? They all seem to have massive pots of money don't they? They do. Amy and Tracy come in and Amy's worried that St- Tracy and Steve um, are thinking that they're going to lose if they're trying to sell this florist. And Tracy says, it's just a safety net. We just need some backup money. And if I win, sorry, if we win this case, then I'll just buy another florist. Don't matter. Um, Amy and Summer bump into Aaron and Eric in the streets. Eric is Aaron's dad. And Eric says, Summer, thank you so much for funding my... Um, my rehab treatment for £10,000. Here's it back. <laughs> Would you like the money back? Nobody's... He hasn't said any a word, has he, to Summer, no. saying thank you for all that. And um, Aaron says to, to Amy, if you drop the charges, I'll move away. And Amy says, no, I'm not going to. You need to take responsibility for what you did. Trace is on the phone to Jolly Holly Hawks and they said, got to sell now. We need it now. Yeah, she's trying to get the completion date put back, doesn't well, she? Well, I mean, if you think about We I, didn't have to try very hard for that when we had our house sale, did we? It just I naturally think occurred. About it. I'm trying to think about it. Um, I, this, I mean, if you're buying a florist, you're coming into wedding season, I guess you would be desperate for a premises. Yeah. If you've got a business. Good point. So maybe... Maybe that makes sense. You think too sense. deeply about these things. I think I might too. Amy listens in as Tracy um, is getting a bit upset about the fact that she's put seven years into this shop. and um, But but luckily, overhearing Tracy say, I love that business, but I love my daughter more. I'm going to sell. <laughs> Amy's just the feeling very, very guilty by the end of this because she's seeing everything that she's, she's putting her parents through. Even though it's not her fault she didn't start it, she feels mega guilty that she's bankrupting the family much. Exactly. I mean, from from an issues-based storyline to support victims who have been through this, this I thought this was a really good way of doing this story because everybody was on Amy's side. Nobody really questioned her apart from the baddies. And so it felt like a very supportive environment if you're going through or have been through a similar situation to Amy. Well, they did but, have the bit with, with uh, friends like Ardy and, and, and Abby were against her, weren't they? But from a storyline perspective, this did feel a bit pat, didn't it? You mm. know, everyone believes her, everyone's supporting her, parents are willing to risk everything so that she can get justice. I, I think there were enough times when people didn't believe her. By the end of it, everybody did. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> I know. <clears throat> so on Friday, everyone is reminding the viewers of the predicament that, that Amy and the McDonald's are in. And meanwhile, Mary is telling Abby about what's happening. And Abby has been... Um, She's been on a journey, hasn't she, she? She was Aaron's supporter when there was no reason for her not to believe him. Mm. And then when she got given more evidence, she changed her mind, which is what I just did when Michael gave me more evidence. That was wrong. <laughs> so it's okay. And now she is um, on Amy's side. It felt it. And uh, realising the damage that Aaron has done. I wish that Abby had played a bigger part in this story. And it's not just because I think Abby's great and has been barely used in the past year. Um, I felt like there was so much. This is what I was trying to say a little bit more, you know. There was so there was so much more in that could have been in this story. Yeah, there, the whole there were, street could have been divided in two, really. Yeah, I I it feel like that the story a lost its way a bit. There were some bits that were brilliant. Like one of my highlights of this story, apart from the obviously the, the episode where it happened, was was when Ardy was uh, drawing on um, his head. Do you remember when he fantastic. did the light? That was that was that was, that was, that was absolutely that was, fantastic. Yeah, but it was moments like that seemed to be few and far between. And then they go weeks without anything happening, and and then it was just more like, oh, you know, will people believe me or not? And, I, I liked I liked the story, but I yeah, didn't I, did, yeah. I didn't love it. It's not going to go down as a oh epic. You remember that Corey Rape story, which I think when it was first announced, I thought oh this this could be huge. Um, I don't know whether it's going to go. You know whether it's going to be up for the awards um, this year. I think I, it was I, powerful and, and important, and I think it changed some people's minds or made them think and challenge them a bit. Yes, it definitely definitely did that. And if that was a, the if that was the re, you know if that was what they set out to do, they 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 perfectly yes, pulled that, it off. That worked really well. But for a soapy entertainment point yeah, of view, that's what I was trying to say. There earlier. weren't quite so many big hitting memorable beats to it. There weren't you know friendships torn apart. You know, people screaming in the street and crying. I, I don't know if we needed that. I don't know if that would have been supportive. But again, there were for a bit because it's like, oh, Ardy, you're on Aaron's no. side for a moment, aren't you? But it, it just didn't seem to. There was a lot of room for more problematic opinions. That, um, yeah. Did... And, and again, I just want to say one more thing too. This felt again like the story got distilled into something dull and soapy, where it was something really interesting and a bit new, um, with the consent stuff. Because I, I really do think we're, that we're in a new era of understanding consent and what it means and how you give it and how you what you've got to do to make sure you you've got it. Because even people on Twitter are still not really getting. Mm. So this is very new. This is a new cultural kind of thing. But what did they turn it into? A storyline about selling a florist and a... And a, and a and yeah, a trying clothes. to raise they money. They just turned it into something that we've seen a million times before. Mm. They could have cut out all of the rape stuff and still had a storyline about Steve and Tracy selling their business. I liked how it ended. Let, let's, get, yes. let's get to how it ended. It did end it ended well. Okay, so... Um, Amy's, like, trying to find evidence to prove that she was drunk when she said she was. So she asks Ed if the flat CCTV covers the bottle bin. And, you know, this is quite funny because Ed they Ed wasn't even supposed to know they were having a party in this flat. And now it's a crime scene <laughs> and he's been asked to provide evidence. And he seems really cool about it to give him his credit. But I would be a bit... I would be, you know, when this is all over, if I was Ed, I'd be round to the McDonald's house and I'd be saying... Your daughter had a party. Yeah, 
party at my flat without my permission. <laughs> I'm a bit miffed about it. I think she should get a slap on on the on the wrist. I thought this bit was a bit weird because he's like, oh no, the CCTV automatically deletes after a month. Well, but then they still had it anyway. I know. She comes back with it. So what was the point of that little... Well, Uh-oh. I don't know. So, <laughs> do, yeah, does it cover the bottle bin? And I'm, I, I was a bit shaky on what that proved, but she gets this footage and um, Amy explains to Steve that this could be evidence that she and Aaron were drunk, drunk the wine at that flat because of something to do with the bottles being in the bin at a certain time. But anyway, Steve's really pleased and proud of her, but she's really concerned that this is not going to be enough. And again, it isn't. It doesn't prove anything, no. really, does it? Because really doesn't seem to. So what if they were there were bottles there? If I was if I was um, trying to if I was defending Aaron, I'd say just because there were bottles put in the bin, it doesn't mean that those were the same bottles that were bought earlier that day. They could have just been, you know, a pile-up of bottles, so they put them outside. Kids could have bought the bottles themselves. Yeah. Do you have footage of them leaving and coming? And also, if they were both drunk, how does that prove that Aaron raped her? It really doesn't prove anything, because... If anything, it could have proven that Amy was well up for it and she didn't know what she was doing. No, no, but that that doesn't... help his case does it it i i i've said this before that this whole issue is based on the way that the court cases and evidence is set up and it's not to help women in this situation because for the past you know thousands thousands of years nobody cared about women being raped and i'm sorry but that's true the, the court system was never was never set up for a situation like this where there really isn't evidence. No, and um, and do we want could there be? and and you know and and my you know devil's advocate says, do you want to live in a world where you you could just get somebody uh, convicted of a crime with no evidence? Mm. I don't know. I said this before many times in the show. I do not know what the answer to this is. I just know it's it's awful. And I feel really bad. And I think Corey's done a really good job of pointing out the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they haven't tried to solve it, and which I think is, is good. But there ha- there was a yeah, resolution out. Yeah. for Amy in the story. Let's get to it. And they really, we, <laughs> we might get there, mightn't we? We might get there in the end. So um, Eric and Aaron are having this conversation in, in the flat where Eric's really positive that they're going to win this case. And he's getting frustrated because Aaron's like, oh, I might have, think I might have done it. <laughs> he's not he, He's not joining in this kind of, hooray, we're going to win. Yeah. So Maria finds Amy sitting in Victoria Gardens and she, Amy tells her about the CCTV footage and thinks that this is just causing too much trouble. Um, but if this, if he walks free, she, if she doesn't fight this, she's concerned that she's going to be responsible for any of his future victims. And this is something that gets thrown at women quite a lot who don't press charges or won't go through a court case or won't give evidence. Mm. Um, and it is very a, a positive thing if you can go through this this ordeal and find and get somebody, you know, brought to justice for what they've done and prevent them from doing it again. But it's not your fault if you don't. No. Um, and so she does, you know, Amy's really impassioned and I think this was kind of also 
a really nice touch because she's so young and she's idealistic, mm. like a lot of very young people, especially women about feminism. Young girl, young women like Amy. I, is, I, lo- can I be love quite how moral and fired up, fiery Amy is. I think she's you know she's not one of these kind of like party girls. Um, yeah, she's, she's, very, she's very sensible and mature yeah, for yeah, her she age. Is. So she's saying, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for people who have not been able to get justice. I'm doing this for people who might be victims yeah. in the future. And Maria's like, you know, everyone supports you and it would be okay if you decided to walk away now. And so Amy kind of absorbs this, goes back home to her parents and says, I love you, I appreciate you, but I'm going to write a retraction. I want to end everything now. And she seems really upset and... um annoyed well not annoyed but frustrated that she's had to come to this conclusion but she feels everything that's been going on is intolerable and there isn't really going to be a positive outcome so her parents are disappointed but she says it's got i've got to the thing is it's, the it's consuming her every waking I'm moment reliving reliving this yeah. the whole time i've got to move on i can't have this hang over me and that's another thing that I kind of wish they'd thrown a statistic in about how long this is going to take. Because this could take years. Mm. It's not just the money, it's the time and the emotions that are, that are involved in this. And I think that was a kind of a mistake that Coronation Street made with focusing too much on the on the money side and, oh, I've got to sell my florist, you know. I feel like they should have spoken more about those other elements. Mm. Anyway, so um, Tracy's... They, they, they support her. So Amy goes to find Aaron in the bistro and she's got this statement that she's written and she slams it down in front of him. And she says, there you go, I've written your stupid statement, you read it, you sign it. Um, I'll, I'll sign it. it, yeah, whatever you want. Just leave me alone and let's get, let's get this over with. And he's reading this and he says, no, no, this doesn't make any sense because you said here that you weren't that drunk. And and she says, well, what do you want me to say? I've... I, 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 how can I write this in a way that makes any logical sense? Because you did rape me. I can't change the facts. Yeah, he wants her to lie and just say that she was a completely consensual participant in this. That it's, you know, cut and dry. This is exactly what happened. And she's been using words like, well, maybe this happened. You know, possibly I did allow him. And maybe I was up for it. And because he's like, no, if people know... read this... There's still a possibility, a sliver of possibility that some people are going to still think I'm a rapist and I want this like, to yeah, end exactly. where nobody thinks I am. Because he still refuses to admit to himself. Yep. And that's how it ended as well. And in a, in a way, for the final... He, he didn't say, you're right, I did rape you before he left, did he? I think. And I was in in that last scene waiting and saying, is is he going to say it? But he didn't. Um, and, and, and I thought that that was better, that he was I still... I like that because to me... Sorry. No, no, go on. To me, that means he didn't get redemption. No. He got punished, he got caught out, and he knows it, but he didn't redeem himself by admitting it. No, exactly. That would have been character growth for him, and he didn't deserve it. It's also, you can imagine, again, we're skipping ahead, that this is going to be... Eating eating away at him forever. Like, did I? Did I? No, no, I didn't. Oh, did I? And if at once, if he'd at least admit it, then as as horrible a a fact as that would be for him to accept, at least he's got some kind of, yeah, okay, I've said I did it. This was a massive mistake. Um, There's a lot of catharsis in admitting if you've you've done something to somebody or, you you know, um, if I ever feel like I've upset somebody, I really don't feel good 
or okay no, about it, it unless I get forgiven or my apology is accepted. Mm. So the fact that he didn't actually get to apologise properly and have it accepted from Amy means that this will never leave him. He's going to eat his No, he's going to be tormented by this. So if, if you're, if you're you know, watching the show and thinking, hang oh, on a minute, he didn't fair. get what he deserved. Yeah, I think he did. In, in, in a it's way, like he absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it rings hell. much more true to real life yeah. because a lot of people in Amy and Aaron's situation, you know, the, Would, the guy doesn't get sent down. It's messy and it's not, it's not like neat and mm. anyway so um she's like what well, i can't write i don't know what you want me to write because it didn't happen there's a million ways it didn't happen there's Tried only one to write way it, it on chat gpt and it says that this is too sensitive a subject says, I am an an AI language model i, I can't a... write things about yeah, this exactly. so you bloody do you bloody it, do it you write it and i'll sign it and i'll post it so eric goes and finds him there and he's furiously scribbling at this notebook trying to write an alleged like a plausible scenario in which this happened and it wasn't his fault yeah but he can't do it because he's realizing it's slowly dawning on him that there's no it's always been there but he can't write it because he knows that it's not completely true the more we talk about this the more i really think this was just a great way to end the story and i I understand i think this is a great ending i understand people's frustrations with it but um, I, I think this was a very poetic and thoughtful way to, to end this. And it also played really well on the strengths of the characters involved and the actors. Mm. So anyway, um, Eric's like, look, just t- just tell the truth. Just You just write it how it happened. And Aaron's like, what about that? Ooh. Oh, yeah, because Eric has genuinely believed that his son was innocent up yeah. to this point. And, and it's at this point... There's that no reason why you would, you would b- believe... Mm. What I, I I would be suspicious of a parent who had a, had a child who had never done, you know. There's no there's no suggestion here that Aaron is like a serial rapist or a wrong wronging or like a horrible person. No. You know, I, I don't I don't find it. I think I, I give Eric a break here because, mm. and I, I, the one thing I wish that had come out of this though is that the alcohol thing because, um, it really felt like there was a, a plausible link between Eric's alcoholism and Aaron's losing control when he's drinking because he's we saw it a couple of times with him with him get drinking too much and not really being aware of what's happening like he's in danger of going down the same route well, that may, Eric maybe did. again if you're looking for some um kind of punishment for, for Aaron maybe just imagine a situation where his dad gets on the bottle again and beats him to a no pulp. not no <laughs> I'm thinking no I'm thinking about Aaron Becoming an alcoholic. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I'm just saying. No, well. So, um, Amy goes back and tells Tracy Marin, uh, everybody in the pub, Aaron's writing it, I'll give up. I'm not interested in talking about it anymore. I want it to be over. McDonald's head home, but Aaron catches them outside and he says, I haven't written this redaction. Uh, I'm just going to drop the whole thing. So, then we get the final scene and this is just Amy and Aaron inside the, the McDonald's house together and Aaron just coming to terms with what has happened. And he says, um, I couldn't write it. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And she says, well, you know, why don't you tell me what happened and we can both move on from this. 
and I want to hear you confess it because you know now, don't you, that you can't write that because it didn't happen the way you you, you think it did. It happened to the way I've been saying mm. it happened all along. I loved his response because I, all the way through this, I was thinking he's going to say, you're right, then I raped you. But he didn't. And he's just trying to come up with these trying to weasel his fabrications way about what happened. But he's he's like, oh, and then giving you, excuses. you took your top off. Hang on. He's, well, she's maybe saying, it was me. It doesn't matter. No, he's saying we both were drunk and then you fell and I helped you. Then we kissed each other and I don't remember what happened, you know, and she's like, oh yeah, okay. Um, I think it was you that took my top off. And then um, he's like, you laid on the bed and you rolled over and and she said, yeah, I wasn't facing you, was I? And he's like, well, we were kissing each other and and you were into it. And she's, you know, saying, well, well, who took my knickers off? And he says he did it. And then he says, what happened then? She says, what happened then? And yeah. he says, I was kissing you and then we had sex. And she says, oh, I was unconscious and you raped She's me. She's like, I don't remember any of this. I don't know what happened because I wasn't And he's still awake. painting this story that yeah. he's making it up. He's, this, is, this may well have been the story that he's been telling himself happened for the past few months. He doesn't know what to say. And to now this. he's saying it out loud, kind he's of like, realising this sense, does doesn't it? sound very plausible. Uh, I really thought this was great. Um, the way they performed it too, because he kind of goes into this, you know, with not very much confidence and just gets completely de- demolished. Yeah, he, he leaves a snivelling wreck. He's snivelling and, and she says, you know what you did. You know what you did and you know what you are. And he stands in the street. Abby's the other side of the road watching this happen. And Aaron can't... Again, this is what I said before about the power of this word, the word rape and rapist. It's such a, a loaded, emotive, violent word that it can't almost be used sometimes in situations. And we've had it before on the show where we've spoken about other scenarios, like, for example, what happened between um, Anna and, and Pat, Pat mm. Phelan. And sometimes you don't want to even say the word because it doesn't feel like it fits the scenario because in your head, when you think of the word rape, you think of, you know, a man in a bush jumping out and grabbing a woman and, you know, with a knife in her, in her face. Yeah. And it doesn't happen like that most of the time. And so she says the word, you raped me. And he can only stand there and say, I'm sorry. And that was an, as much of an acknowledgement as you were going to get out of the him. Mm. And I think that was incredibly realistic. But you know, like we just said, he's going to go home and he's going to think about that whole thing over and yeah. over again. And that's the final scene, isn't it? Just him getting into the car with his dad. Yep. His dad also, you know... Com- kind of... His dad's mad at story. him. Yeah, but the last thing that we saw from his dad was him saying him kind of realising that his son has done this. Yeah, I know. So he's, yeah, back to a, an, an unhappy family situation. <laughs> and, you know, you can, you can fill in... This is going to in forever. The sad, the sad blanks here as to what the fate of, of Aaron and Eric is going to be mm. following this. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, it's a shame that Aaron's left because I thought that James Craven was great... I think he did a really good job. Um, I it was very brave of them to go down this route with this story. I think he he. Um... I particularly liked him in this story because you know we we I'm not going to hide the fact that we thought that the summer story was getting a little tedious towards the end of last year. But you're right, he he did a he did a good job on this, and it, it, it is a bit of a shame in the way that the character has been you know made irredeemable. 
maybe he could come back, but I wouldn't expect it in the slightest. And yeah, it's just funny how quickly the 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 the, you know, the the narrative around a character can change because you know, looking back three four months ago, he was Mister Nice Guy, little bit little bit of a bland character, but he was harmless and he was all the girls fancied him and everything and. Corey have done actually a very good job of turning him into this very despicable, snivelling, weak think, character. I don't think um, I agree completely with... Um, I think there's still a lot of humanness about him. I, I've, I've got, I, I don't... I, I, I have got small sim- amounts of sympathy for of him. Empathy for his situation. It doesn't mean that I agree with what he did or think he should be let off and not punished. No. Um, you know, in, in an ideal world, he would be going to court for this or, mm. you know, having justice served on him. But um, You can as, go down the route of, like, if you are drunk, how responsible are you for your actions I and everything like that. And he's got into himself traumatic. into a... And yeah, it would. But he, he's got himself into a really, really bad situation. Um... So so for that I I feel I feel somewhat sorry for him, but um... I really think that you that we it's very dangerous to uh, and very easy to fall into the trap of like not having sympathy or empathy with anybody who's done something wrong. I think it's it's very easy and it makes you feel good about yourself to condemn people that are are, are, are wrong and have done something evil, but that is the, the like the worst thing that we could do. Yeah. I think as humans, we need to reserve a small part of ourselves to understand where the other person is coming from. Even, you don't even have to be nice to them. It's just for your own personal, I think it's more for yourself than for anything else to keep that bit of humanity in yourself and not harden your heart to everybody because everyone's done something wrong, not on this scale, mm. but there's there's nobody on earth who's completely blameless. But I mean, the thing with Aaron is he's still refusing to acknowledge. He said, "I'm sorry," and that's all you're going to get out of him. Yeah, I would be interested in. I don't think that this character's ever coming back to the street, but wouldn't it be interesting if he came back in, say, five years' time, with a girlfriend and a kid, and the girlfriend has got no idea yeah, no, I, about that's his a, that's past? That's a good idea. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've got no idea what uh, what James is up to next. I, I briefly skimmed through an interview just well, before we recorded very, today. He's got a that... very handsome look for the SAFE Awards, didn't he? So. <laughs> he's he's um he's he's gonna say he's got a few projects in the pipeline, but he's not allowed to say what they are yet. I think he might have been in New York recently on his holidays or something, according to his Instagram. But yeah, he's still he's still got he's still got his opportunities. I still, I, still I, got his youthful good looks as well, and, yeah, his, and his tallness. Sickening, isn't it? He's yeah, which will never fade. Tall, handsome. I, Young. I wonder whether I mean it was talented. Cory 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 actors always have year long contracts, as far as I know. You know, apart from a few outliers. I, I wonder a few whether people that are never going anywhere. I wonder whether it was always a case of it is going to be a year and that's all it's going to be, or was there a was there a moment in the past six months or however long where it's like we could have a storyline here, but it means that this guy can only stay for this amount of time. And one thing I will say as well about James is that everybody on the cast that we've spoken to about him has only got good things to say about him, haven't they? I remember... He's lovely. I remember... I'll tell you he's lovely from meeting him, but I remember 
I think it was last summer when we were up for the Soap Awards and we, we were speaking to a few this. people about him and people saying, James, oh yeah, he's lovely, he's lovely. And we were like, oh, Aaron's not the most exciting a a character, is he? He's a bit dull. And he's like, oh yeah, but James, James is fantastic. No, so I, I do wish him the very, very best. I wanted to say that last year's Soap Awards was when he went. Yeah, he was. He, yeah. And we saw him down in the... Um, in the seating area for, for Corey, going, why is this incredibly minor character yeah. who's been brought in as sort of, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to be in it because he came in in the, in the support group, didn't he, for diabetes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, this guy he like met someone once, he's at the is same he still in it? Yeah. Hmm. He's obviously more significant than we first well, thought. To, to be fair, he'd had more appearances that year than Simon Barlow has done this year. Uh, but, but yeah, no, it's okay. been... So, I thought I, it was I, gen, good. genuinely sad to see him go, but I don't think they could have kept him here after this story. It would have been. It would. It wouldn't have been fair on. On like the situation and people that are, you know watching it, and it's not just. Yeah. yeah. It's not a story to them. It's their real life experiences, mm. and because it's so prevalent and widespread, that's the worst part about it. It's just yeah. most women will have a story not of. It's something as serious as sexual assault. Some kind but... of unwanted attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that I, I, I just wonder, like, what, what's going to happen to Amy now? Is, is she going to go quiet? Is this going to have a long-term effect on her? Is it going to, you know, is she going to be having the flashbacks next time she has a boyfriend or something? Oh, I don't, God. don't necessarily need it dredging up well, she's again. Got her deg- she's got, she, she had her problems since she was. Uni. Yes. And then they said, don't worry. She needs to refocus back on that. Or we'll set you back up again. Mm. It seems like a very natural thing to to happen to her, for her to, you know, struggle to form romantic relationships for for quite a while now. But I, yeah, I'm not necessarily saying I need need all that. Don't need boyfriend, you just need a cat. Not really. I I hope that we've got more happy, um, you know, fun times for Amy ahead because I do, I do like the character and I think that this has proven, especially, I, I thought the performances in tonight's final scene were fantastic by, by Ellie and James. Um, yeah. a- Amy is great with the comedy oh. as well and it's lovely that whereas we had the Amy pregnancy storyline a few years ago that was maybe supposed to be a, look, Amy's growing up in a way, you know, this is this is her first big, She's a woman big now. story. That's and the only was... way you become a woman is to have a baby. But th- th- this, I think, has this has helped more than anything her make a transition from teenager to adult character. It's and definitely is... something that yeah yeah has matured her. Yeah, absolutely. Before we finish the storyline, just want to give a shout out to Abby running across the road to give her a great big hug. <laughs> yeah, it's that just was like her in the acid attack storyline, is it? Like somebody needs somebody lovely and a shoulder to cry on. Abby to the rescue. Come and give me a motherly hug. I mean, that was just there to say, right, everybody, I know we had those few weeks when you weren't sure whether you were supposed to like Abby or not because she was giving Aaron a roof when he got kicked out, but just to be absolutely clear, she's a goody now. She's given Amy a hug there. Not even Stephen Tracy. It's Abby. Everybody, love Abby again, please. And I do. <laughs> Worked on me. Right, so let's. So those are by far the biggest stories of the week. But Did we you have want got. You want to get yourself a cup I, of tea? I, 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 can, I reckon I can keep on going until the, I'm going to get one before the I news. I apologise that I ruined your life with that sweetener. It's okay, it's fine. It was a caffeine pill. Ah! Um, <laughs> so, roll in the hay storyline then. So, Sarah and Audrey are in the cafe in the beginning of Monday's oh episode. Oh, God, this was. Uh, so, this is when it's all come out, hasn't it? That Sarah was 
um, shagging about with Damon. Yeah. And Audrey is... Audrey's... Sorry, I know this is just a story, but I just want to say... No, this. I don't mind. Audrey is just like, you know what? I am a gran. I don't, I'm not responsible for anything you do. I feel so far removed from this. I can just kind of look at this philosophically and go, who hasn't shagged about? Your mum was a right goer in her day. Yeah, exactly. We're really all flighty madams in this family. I, Audrey was couldn't have been nicer. It was like she was saying, "Don't worry, Sarah. Everyone spills milk every now and then. Just buy some more from the shop." <laughs> she does also say that Adam's hardly a saint as well, and she says, "Look, look, my darling, you need to you need to fight for this and make Adam listen." I just wanted somebody. I wanted Audrey to like wag her finger a little bit at Sarah because um, this is probably the most. Sim- I don't know. And Audrey this telling feels... off can come across as quite serious. Like when Sarah Lou yeah. fell pregnant, Audrey had don't a massive... I know, pregnant. sorry, it came out of my mouth. I know you don't like that phrase. Audrey had a massive go at her and, and she was like, oh, yeah, when, you, when you get told off by Audrey, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's going to cut you deep, isn't it? Um, yeah, but I just, I felt like, I feel like, I don't know if this is unusual for Coronation Street, because they are really good at balancing things, but it does feel a bit like Sarah's being treated as just as much of a victim of her affair as Adam is, if not maybe more. She's a victim of Adam working too hard, isn't she? It's terrible. Double victim. So, uh, uh, and then another victim in this story had his DD. You got the heave ho last week from the uh, lawyer's office, so she's there packing away her stuff. she's a woman. Who she wears odd shoes to the she, office. She didn't tell Adam about Sarah, and Adam comes in and he's... He's kind of calmed down a bit since last week. And he says, look, you can stay. I've reacted. And she says, I'm really sorry about not telling you about Sarah, but I had no choice. You know, it's Catch-22 situation. Sarah comes in and she's saying, oh, you're going to just, we're going to fight for our marriage, Adam. I'm I'm not going to give up on you. And please, please, I love you. You're perfect for each other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Adam is not interested in this. And he's like, oh, do you want me to compliment your performance or something? And she says, look, I'm just trying to put this right. Uh, we need to talk about what happened. We need to say why it happened. And as the episode goes on, she really is just like drip, drip, dripping in that, you know, you need to take some responsibility for this, Adam. Isn't she? He's like, you I really... Think this is great. This is so Sarah, funny, honestly. In no, the way that she's, this is way, 100% everybody, you. Everybody in the show is gaslit Adam into thinking that it's basically his fault. But this is what you were saying on the podcast <laughs> last week as well. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree that there was an issue in their marriage. Can, look, Michael, you can't deny that Adam and Sarah have got one of the worst marriages in the whole history of the show because everybody doesn't even buy them as a, as a couple. Everybody f- often forgets that they're married. Exactly. So, so Sarah's right. She's like, look. You know what, Adam? Sometimes I get my scripts through and I forget who I'm supposed to be married to. It's not my fault I shagged Damon. I thought I was his wife. They didn't build up the courting element of it at all. And then once they got married, we didn't ever see them. That's the problem with their marriage. It's not to do with the fact that he's at work all the time. Go on, say. And then she says, oh, cheating's not the only way to kill a marriage. And it generally happens for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You Sarah Luke. This is not Adam's fault. Yeah, it is. Not his fault. It's those boundary disputes. So Adam goes to, to the Rovers later that episode and speaks to Ken. Isn't it nice that we got to see Sarah with Audrey and Adam with Ken? Yeah, wise, 
wise um, wise counsel of the elders of the of the cobbles. Yes, and Ken says, "Look, do you still love Sarah? That's all that matters at the end He's of the like, day." If I had a penny for every time I shagged around with Deirdre, I'd have. I've slept with over a thousand women. Oh no, that's my alter ego, Bill Roach. <laughs> I'd have enough money to buy a thousand that he a terrace house back in nineteen sixty one. He's he basically saying, look. My marriage with Deirdre wasn't exactly perfect. We argued, we split up all the time, but the moments of time that we were together were the happiest mm, of my life. And I love like, that oh, too. Deirdre, call out, hooray! That was really nice. Um, and uh, look, if you two love each other, you are in inevitability. Just don't leave it too long. So nice bit of advice there. From he's Jay. like, look, if you're really popular as a couple, the writers will get you back together anyway. Hmm. So you might as well accept it. If you were, if you were. Um, advising Adam, would you be along the same lines as Ken here and saying, go on, just forgive her, it's fine? Well, I w- I think it's really difficult as somebody who has not cheated in the same way as, you know, Ken <laughs> you and people around. You know, like, you know, I'm just I saying, haven't cheated at all, what do you mean? Ken, Ken has not been the most faithful of, of partners over the year and neither have the majority of his neighbours. Almost so every somebody... single person who's going to give these characters advice would have got, done it from a perspective of like, yeah, yeah. I've shagged about too. So as someone who has been 100% faithful, darling. Me? Yeah. Mm. No, me. To to you. Um, it's difficult to... It's difficult to say well, what he's one saying, way or the other. You know, Ken's going, coming from a perspective of, I cheated on, De- on Deirdre. And it I turned loved, out alright. But I loved her. And she cheated on me, but she loved me. Mm. Adam, he he was saying last week or the week before that he just couldn't get a pic the picture of Sarah and Damon together no, out of his mind, horrible. and I think that that's what a lot of people's immediate reactions would be. But it would also be something that would hopefully fade over I don't time. Know. I, I, you know, um, when it's replaced one thing, with new happy one memories. One thing that that Ken, you know, when Ken says just don't leave it too long, I. I kind of, I don't know if it was too raw or they didn't want to go there, but because of Anne Kirkbride's early death. But, you know, if I'm Ken, I'm going to say to to Adam, I wish wish Deirdre was still here and we would be together if she was. And I, every day that I'm not with her um, is a day that I regret. And you have got the chance to make that happen. And you could throw it, throw it all away. That would have also been guilt tripping Adam a little bit because of that whole year, not long before Deirdre died, when Ad, uh, Ken was off in Canada <laughs> looking yeah, after Adam because he had well, did he even had a seizure or something? He, he drank too much of that pine juice out of the, out of the great Canadian redwood forest. He nearly shagged himself to death. Um, yeah, but it it really some people will never be able to get over it, and and some people will. But on Coronation Street, I think most people people can just generally get over it, do get over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Adam probably would. I think they should get back together. I think well, let, let's, let's carry on. Let's but, carry but, on. You know, I know. Hang on. You, I know that you keep coming up against this thing about Adam working too hard. Yeah. Because um, you <laughs> yes. feel this is this is hitting you personally. Yes. Um, the idea, though, is that you're supposed to work really hard at your business when you're younger. But you sacrifice time with your family so that in the future you have financial security and the possibility that you can work less. 
And I'm Adam's... just pointing out that to you that that will okay, not happen. Well, uh, Adam, Adam's job. still young. Adam's still young. No, but what I'm saying—that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's sacrificing time with his family now because he probably thinks if he builds a business, you know, he can well, hire. Exactly, him. it's a lawyer's business. There's going to be rolling in it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I hear lawyers are rich. But I also hear teachers can't do that, so just watch yourself. <laughs> um, this is a cautionary tale. I got them to write this in for you. Thanks. To tell you to stop working so hard, and it's not working, <laughs> is it? So Sarah goes back to Audrey and says, look, it's no good. Adam's not even going to entertain a discussion about this uh, matter. But, but wait, here he is. He's just come home through the door, and Audrey makes herself scarce so the two of them can have a nice little chat together. And I, I think that some of these chats that Sarah and Adam have had over over the week have actually made me appreciate them as a, cu- a couple more. I thought there was some nice dialogue here. They did I a really that, that good job. Tina and Sam did a good performance, and, and I was thinking, maybe yeah, I, I was do thinking maybe to... I do want them to get back together. Yeah, Whereas before, was... was like whatever. Honestly, I think that for most people, this was the most convincing they've ever been as a couple. Yes, I absolutely think it was, and, and all it needed was them to have a nice heart to heart conversation. But can, but can I just say that normally what happens with Corey? is that they build a really strong couple together and then they're like, what do we do? I don't know what to do. Let's split them up for drama. But this has actually brought them together more than I've ever seen a couple on Corrie get brought together by almost anything. Mm. This is a really positive turn for Sarah and Adam. And if they can maintain this momentum and keep up this connection that Adam and Sarah have got... I think they could actually be quite a strong couple. So do I. Well, I never would have said that about them. I know. The The, the problem is you still got the inevitable Damon. baby, haven't you? Oh. I'm I, I'm convinced that Sahara Lou is going to find herself pregnant and it's all going to get thrown up again. Because the way it feels at the moment, this conversation that they had on Monday was like, oh, this is the end of the story. But yeah, you're right. Damon is still on the scene and he's refusing to leave because he's supposedly reformed. But he loves her. And, and I think there's a bun but- in her oven. But say there is, say she is pregnant. Um, this again is a new. I feel like this could be a new avenue for Coronation Street to explore something very old and ancient about humans, but with a different spin on it because of technology. Because now you can find out, like we mentioned before, like I said to you before, mm-hmm. you can find out when you're still pregnant who the who's the father of the baby. Are they going to explore that aspect? Is that why Corey's written this in? So that they can talk about that. Well, and, and we we'll, are only assuming was, that they've written this in. If I was Sarah... We also made assumptions about the scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, we did. If I was Sarah, I'd be desperate to get that test done. Mm. But maybe Adam would be like, no, don't get it done. I'd rather hope that it was mine and put my head in the sand. Or I can imagine Sarah's putting her head in the sand about it at the moment. Mm. And when she was pregnant... Back, you know, with Bethany, she didn't want to admit it to herself, I think, for a well, while. Well, we don't know if she's going to be pregnant. That is, just seems like the most inevitable avenue yeah. for this story to go We've down. We've seen soaps before. We've watched this show. Um, so that, that that was basically it for... for, for they just well, had Adam's a nice little conversation like, and they yeah. agree that, yeah, let's give it another try. Well, hang on. No, no, no. Adam says, I can't stop picturing you together. And Sarah says, let me get rid of Damon out of my life for good. I don't want to ever talk to him again. And that way you will 
learn to trust me again and not have that in your thought in mm. your mind but then uh, th- then then at the end of the episode adam bumps into oh, david no, in the awful. street mondays at the end of mondays and they kind of square episode. up to each other for a bit and, and adam tries to give put the frighteners on damon but he is not a man to be intimidated by somebody like adam one bit nope. and he's like whatever mate and then walks off down the street with a, with a big evil laugh. Of Canned wha- laughter. <laughs> it was so cheesy. It was like watching the Halloween special. It was Except bad. the scary bit is that I shagged your wife not. You're going <laughs> to get fall, falling in a pit. That, that wasn't great, but it was it was entertaining, but not in the right way. It was cheesy. So, um, you, d- you don't need to do that again, Corrie. It's all right. Wednesday's episode, Sarah agrees to meet up with Adam so that they can you know, talk through their problems a little bit more. But, but guess she, what? Oh, snowed under with work. The boots on the no, other No, hang on. Here. You're supposed to be... Oh, no, she's... Yeah, she's... Yeah. she's so busy. she can't meet him. Oh. So, she event- so he's not happy with her already. She's got oh. herself in his bad book. She eventually makes it over to the office in the afternoon, but he's not with her cancelling on him earlier and, and is convinced that she was with Damon. Yeah. She says, no, look, honestly, I wouldn't. I would never do anything to hurt you again. I just want to make <sighs> things right. And he's like, no, not interested. You've blown your chance, girl. So Sarah this goes back to the bistro yeah. and has a go at Damon. He's like, you are, your continued presence here on the street is really putting a dampener on my marriage. Would you be so kind as to bog off back where you came from? And he's like, no, honestly, I don't want to cause anyone any more pain. I, I, my, my business is here, so I can't move on. And I'm happy with it. And yet again, you know, I'm a reformed person. Get over yourself. Um, I'm not leaving. At, at the end of the episode, Sarah tells Adam about you know, the bits of this that she saw and very refreshingly he believes her and he says he's trying to trust her but it isn't easy. I, I really love it in these shows where a character cheats on another character and then and then later they get mistrusted and they're like, I swear I would never do anything like that. And I you're know. like, <laughs> this is what caused the problem. Um, so Friday, well, we, we start off with the bistro getting some bad reviews online. Well, hang on, no. Narky Leanne reading them. They were being maligned by Nazi restaurant critics. You explain this to me. Well, the, the I don't know if, the, if Coronation Street realised this, but... I'm going to say yes. Restaurant Connoisseur 88... It sounds like a white supremacist on the internet because 88 is a code that that racists use on the... Uh, Max Max can tell you this. On the internet. <laughs> He's not racist. He's Islamophobic, Gemma. There's a difference. So 88 stands for HH because those are the, letter, the numbers of the letter of the alphabet, which means Heil Hitler. So... If I see anybody, and I feel really bad for people that were born in 1988, <laughs> but if you see 88 in your username, I just think that just you're be wary. a white supremacist. <laughs> so so obviously this Nazi was in the bistro Clearly. getting upset because Damon was having an argument with, with, with Sarah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so people and, are starting Leanne to write really, reviews. And, and Leanne and Nick are desperate to appease their Nazi customers. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best for the late night drinking, aren't they? Well, they also always have three courses, don't they? <laughs> um, she has a go at Damon in the bistro later and says, look, you need Who to does? sort your life out. Leanne, Leanne. does. Um, and you need to start acting more professionally. And she tells Nick to, that Damon has got to go. So Nick... Um, has a serious chat with Damon he in the office him. later. He does a, give him a good Frank. old squinting and says that you need to watch how you speak to Leanne. You need to be careful about how you act in front of customers. <laughs> All like... this whole business with Sarah. Sorry, this isn't on. This is doing bad for our business. And um, and also, I mean, 
this is this is my sister we're talking about. Yeah. And Damon says, look, I, I really think that Sarah's like the one or whatever. I think we're soulmates and stuff. Um, but sorry, and, I won't do it again. And, and this, you know, this has caused me massive heartbreak now that we've split up. Please, Nick, give me another chance. And, and Nick relents because he's a big old softy, isn't he? Leanne's yes, not, not happy with this, this. But... I loved, I loved the um, irony, and and Damon does point this out of Leanne shouting at Damon in the restaurant and complaining that he's shouting and putting customers. I off. know. If anything's putting off customers, it's her sour expression that she seems to be permanently wearing she's when she's behind bitch. the bar. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you know we have seen lots of happy, smiley, party girl time, Leanne, and maybe that is just the bits that aren't filmed maybe we'll trust her on that one maybe damon needs to have an affair with leanne oh god cheer I just imagine um anything to chat about on this one i think we've spoken about it enough yeah, as I, we were going through yeah it, it was fine it didn't spark massive amounts of joy for me but like we said it was interesting that i think i actually appreciated adam and sarah a little bit more yeah i did week, so. uh, the max story sexy Bexy. so yeah. on monday max is on the phone to gav his prison chum saying that Beck doesn't really want to speak to him anymore and Gav's like please can you try again I just want her to know that I'm really sorry and we don't know what he's sorry for no we still don't know do we I told you I'm suspicious Beck goes round to see Max at number eight and Max is trying to talk to her about Gav but she's she's not interested in that she she's there to see him Mm. Audrey comes in and she's like oh Max, Max has got, got a girlfriend. Female time. company. Um, and then she's like, oh, his last, your last girlfriend was horrific. Anyway, bye. And Beck is she, like... She's, she's just lovely to Beck as well, wasn't she? She's yeah. like, lovely to meet you, Beck. Up to see you again soon. Um, Beck wants to know... Is it Beck or Bex? Beck. She wants to know what the hell happened with his last girlfriend. And she's he's like, oh, she was a bit extreme in her behaviours, but I've moved on. And Beck makes it clear that she thinks that she's having a date with, with Max right now. So I think the unspoken thing here that um, Audrey was thinking when she saw Beck in the front room and Max was sitting with her is like, oh, good. He has a black friend. I guess he's not racist anymore. Mm. I really think that, that there was a bit of that. Going I think there on. was a bit of that in there, but I just think it's natural for her to act that way and... In front of the grand, grandson's yeah, of course. girlfriend. Later on, they go back to the precinct and it looks like they've had a nice day together and, and Max is still trying to get her to ring Gav, but she's flirting away. And on Wednesday, um, Shane is talking to Max. She's heard all about Bex and she wants Beck and she wants to know. Um, isn't it interesting that she's black considering what he was inside for? Mm. And David comes in and they have a little joke about uh, Plat Chat and Shona finding out about it and stuff. Yeah, Shona was like, oh, plat chat. Well, she, I can't remember what she said. Well, she, she was making fun of it. Yeah, she... He was saying that she's always on there anyway. Yeah, that's it. She says it's a bunch of old saddos and he's like, you're on it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. The, I love the drop-in of plat chat every now and then and it's yeah. not a frequent drop-in, but, but it's, it's always funny. funny when it gets brought up. Max finds David at home later and he says, I'm sorry that Shona was talking to you about all this. And Max says, "He's not. she's not my girlfriend, it's just complicated. Yeah. And he says, uh, I'm, I'm cool with it, but you can bring home whoever you want, but... 
David's like trying totally to be cool, super David. cool at the moment because he's seen what can happen if he tries to stop Max doing anything. Yep. So he's like, oh yeah, you know, Do bring any like. girlfriends home you like, you know, you're old enough, it's all cool with me. And he, even though he was standing and leaning up against the, the banisters at the bottom of the stairs, just like chilled out. Just trying really hard to be cool. Yeah. Max tells David that he's worried that Beck will find out why he was inside and will not be happy about it. And... I'm glad that Corey pointed this out because David says your charges were related to Islamophobia and not black people. And Max says, I don't think she's going to see the difference. Mm. And I think this is a really important point to bring up because um, he, he definitely had a problem with Alia and, and Yasmin, you know, the Nazirs yeah. and things. But he didn't, and, and, and he didn't seem to care about the Baileys. He never said anything about them. No, there was that scene, wasn't there, where um, Griff is with Ed. Didn't he want him to do some building work or something? And then Ed finds out what Griff is like and and is not particularly happy with him. But yeah, for um, for Max... There's a cultural element here because a lot of people who have come... You know, a lot of black people have come from... um, Caribbean backgrounds and they yeah. have a Christian kind of all in America they've got a more a Christian faith and they are more culturally similar mm. to British people than I think the perception is that Muslims can be yeah I think some people have a big block in their mind when it comes to the difference between um Muslims and mm. um people of other it's difficult. I don't want to say anything wrong, but I do. I genuinely do think that people are more threatened by Muslim immigrants than they are by Christians. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Really, I I think there's an element of it. Yeah, I think because a lot of the racist rhetoric that that he was engaging in, um, Max was to do with um, cha- coming and changing. Yeah, things. you're right. You're right. So Max is thinking that she's not going to see the difference. And it's certainly true to say that I don't think it struck Alia that there was a difference between her and the Baileys. Mm. Um, and David says, look, you're, you're good now. She's the right person. If she's right for you, then she's not going to judge you. I would judge him very hard and I'm not black. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how Beck's supposed to react to this. So Max is like, that's good. But also there's another hurdle. Beck's Gav's girlfriend. David says, well, that's a bit of a sticker, isn't it? Um, Do we know how long Gav is in prison for? Because I'm trying to kind of think about how, what would be the juiciest way for this to come out. And I think just Gav walking in on them. Going, I didn't tell you because I wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah. So, um, so, so David says that, yeah, they need to split up with each other. And, and Max says, Gav's my mate, but he's also a lunatic. But I really like Beck. So in the precinct later, Max is listening to a voice message from Gav going, why aren't you answering my calls? I need you to get back. I want you to talk to me. And then Beck comes over and they have a bit of a kiss. So definitely proper boyfriend and girlfriend now, aren't they? Um, I, I think I I like the pair of them together. I think that the, the whole does her being black make us, you know, what... I don't feel like it redeems Max's character because, like I said, he he wasn't concerned 
But he's also not redeemed because he's he's kissing his mate's girlfriend as well. And that's no in the guy's code. Mm. Needs to read that. Yeah, but as far as we know at the moment, Gav is a completely innocent, naughty boy who is just trying to win his girlfriend back. Mm. We don't I know the right history. I think you're right. I think he's possibly in there for... Stalking her. Some particularly stalky... That went a bit far. I don't see possibly because what? she doesn't. She doesn't want to talk, and I, and it's a really good bit of mystery. But I hope that they don't keep it too long. No. I'm really, really eager to find out from her point of view because this is going to be a, one of these things that there's going to be two different perceptions of what happened. But I'm really keen to know what's gone on here between them. Well, I want to know what she sees in Max. Um, excellent taste in jumpers. Clearly, that Pac-Man one. True. True. I don't know. Um, he's a he's a nice, you know. If you don't know about his whole racist thing, he seems to be quite a nice nice guy. He's he's pretty smiley. He's dangerous. <laughs> he's a psychopath. Yeah, she, she doesn't know this. I know. Um, I think I think Beck should, Beck should swear off men. Mm-hmm. Tell you what I didn't uh, no sorry tell you what I did like this week on this storyline was that that scene where David was doing all the belly rubs on Doggy David. <laughs> it's like David, it's like Jack. It's like I just want to do this thing. Can I can I rub the bellies the dog's belly in a funny way? Can we just like ins- lose a few lines from another scene to show me just messing about with this dog because like, everybody loves it? You can cut this for Canada if you want. Just <laughs> let me rub the dog. Um, I was also thinking about this. I'd really like. Spider to be involved in here somehow because he he and Max were you know never away from each other at the beginning of the year with him being in his you'd secret think, undercover role and you think he might want to you know, catch up with him at some point or you think he would because he felt such a strong connection to Max and he really was um what's the word cheerleading for him and trying to um, get him out of trouble yeah he was protecting him I would, I, yeah. I would have just thought that it would stay. That yeah. some kind of feeling of guardianship. But then reckon, it is just a job, I suppose. Do you reckon that if Beck finds out, then Spider might talk to her and say, I've always known Max was a good kid. Like, mm. I never thought this was his idea. This was, he was just led astray. You've got to believe that he's changed, because I do, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That might be a possibility. Well, but, you it, know, Spider's AOL. He, AOL? A-W-O-L. <laughs> That's a <laughs> spiders. Uh, spiders on AOL going. Why is no one talking to me? Spider on the web. <laughs> I've got my ch- my AOL <laughs> chat open and nobody's replying. <laughs> right, um, the Isabella Harridan storyline then. So uh, this this was ultimate filler this week, wasn't it? Like I, th- there have been times in this story that I've kind of fairly enjoyed. Like when she stuck the boat to the table, I thought that was quite funny. But I'm not. I'm not feeling this. This this is a definite. You know, if I wasn't making notes on it for a podcast, it's like I could be doing something else while these scenes are on. But anyway, it turns out that Isabella is keeping Brian up late, not with caffeine pills or anything like that, but board games. And um, he's he's feeling a bit overwhelmed by it all. And Rita's not really impressed and says, look, you brought this on yourself, really. So it's... it's the, I've nearly missed out. I think I've missed you, my Duolingo. You, do, you haven't done your Duolingo for the day. Well, you do that really quietly while I talk about this I've then. I've missed it. Um, so 
Rita really has taken against Isabella at this point. She has a massive rant about her to Shona, and then Isabella comes in and sits with Rita and says, oh, why is Brian so exhausted all the time? He, he needs a younger assistant to do all his work. And Rita's like, are you telling me that I'm too old to, to run the cabin, missus? And she's like, well, tell you what then, I quit. And it's like, do you, Rita? Do you really quit? Is this the end of Rita in the in the cabin? Is this a Betty situation? I, it, it feels like it. Just re- threatening retirement all the time. But she's got to go sometime. So maybe this is it. I don't know. Um, Rita goes and tells Jenny and Audrey about this. And Jenny's like, well, I would need to go over and give Isabella a piece of my mind for speaking about you like that. Then Brian comes in. It's all out of puff. He's groveling. Isabella comes in to stir things up even more. And she says, oh, Rita, you're a bad woman. And Brian says, look, just give me and Rita some time together. It's not really helpful you being here. Let's have, let's, let's, we're going to have a chat, okay? And so he begs Rita to come back, but she's like, nope. Um, Brian offers Rita a pay rise, tells her that she didn't have to do stock taking anymore. And then it's like, deal. Hooray, Rita's got her job back. Well, that was something of nothing. Um, and then there was, there was a funny scene at the end with, um, with Isabella having a moan to Jenny about the measures being too small in their overs, wasn't there? This is, was this when, um, this must have been when um, Isabella was kicked out and barred by Jenny as well, yeah. which was a fun scene. Um, Friday, so Brian's chatting with Mary outside the cabin and he says, look, Isabella's due a reservation update, sorry, renovation update tomorrow. I'm sure she'll be going back to Naples anytime soon. And... It has felt... How long has she been on the programme? Is it like five, six weeks? It feels like an eternity that Isabella's been on this show. What do you think? Yes. You, you fed up... Sorry, are you still doing... Gem's still doing a Duolingo. Um, and what have you been learning tonight? What can you say in French? Je ne sais pas. Oh, thank um, So, anyway, Brian is starting to admit that, yeah, Isabella is... Pretty exhausting to have around. And Roy says, look, maybe you try and find her another friend. So he goes and asks Mary. That was a kind of a funny scene. I can't remember how it went, but Mary thought that Brian was inviting her to something nice, but he was actually just trying to get her to go off with uh, with Isabella. And, would um, you like to be my barmy Italian cousin's friend? No, I would not. It's boring, it's dull, wasn't it? Was it boring, everybody? Just, she, I don't think it was she gets boring. Unbar- she gets, he gets her unbarred from the rovers oh, at I the end. I thought it was okay. And then he insults Evelyn and calls her a dragon. And no, Evelyn's... no. No, sorry. Isabella does. He, yeah, Isabella does. And she, he yeah. ma- she makes fun of greyhounds and says she prefers drawers. She's just making lots of enemies anytime, on the street. Any, on listen, it's not list. just Coronation Street, but any time a scriptwriter wants you to hate somebody, they will make them say, I like chihuahuas. And we're all supposed to go, oh, this person's evil and horrible. <laughs> um, that, that, that was it. That was really, really it. Um, it did have a point, I thought, that Rita probably needs to leave the cabin at some point, don't you think? I think she can do what she wants. It was Betty. She, Betty was still supposedly working in the Rovers when she popped her clogs. It, it's, if it's, she likes it... And and it, she doesn't mind doing it. Then I don't see the problem as long mm. as she's she can do it and as long as she's fit and able. I mean, the the cabin um, last just last month. Fact fans um, celebrated fifty years. Not in the same location, of course. It used to be on Rosamond Street. But yeah, that's a you know a, a big thing to just turn down and say right, I'm done with this now. But um, 
it, maybe a change is as good as a rest. E- they, even when they had Brian and Kathy buying the cabin, they couldn't help but keep Rita in there for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Acid Ryan. No, oh my no, god! Nothing. We've done. That, that's it. Ryan is still miserable. Yeah. Colour's still trying to g him up. Yeah. He's just embarrassed about his crystal thing. Daniel sees Carla in the shop and he finds out Ryan's not very good so he talks to Daisy and tries to make her go and see him and she doesn't want to. But yeah, that is basically it. And there was a funny little scene jar. with Evelyn's tip jar I was going to say as well. That was somewhat She's amusing. got a tip jar which I think is so ironic because honestly, do you not think that Evelyn would be exactly the sort of person who would be complaining about you know, they expect tip us jars to tip in cafes. They get a wage, and... don't they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, presumably, that's building up for that story to come back next week, which still weirdly doesn't fill me with that much excitement. I I have loved this storyline at points during it, but it's it's in a bit of a lull at the moment. So I hope that there's something that happens next week that um that gets my juices flowing again. Okay, before, I just realised, before we get to the end, we have actually got one more story here, which is the aggravated snobbery storyline, which, despite it being something we completely loved, I didn't write the notes for at the beginning of, I didn't write the episode title when we were running down. So we have got aggravated snobbery. How are you enjoying that this week? Still loving, still. Still loving Yvette? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> because I, I was, um, so we we had the charity auction this week, didn't we? In the in the bistro, um, this was the much con, much concerned Aggie because she didn't really want to go, but it's all the snobby middle class mumsy sorts, yes, descending upon the bistro, and I think Leanne. Wasn't too impressed, was she? No, she wasn't. Well, Aggie was trying to persuade people to go with her and she goes with Dee Dee in the end. Dee Dee turns up late. Yeah. And Yvette's there going, oh, welcome, welcome. And she's still under the impression, of course, that Aggie is mega rich and is willing to splash the cash around on anything. And Sally goes as well. Yeah, yeah, Sally was there as well. And and there was like a... Well, it kicks off with a pair of... The starting bid for a pair of Diamante encrusted flip-flops. Yes, that's for right. the man in your life. £150. <laughs> and Sally was thinking, oh, I'm going to get a nice pair of sunglasses from this. And she realises that she can't... If, if the flip-flops are 150 quid, goodness knows how much anything else is going to be. <laughs> and um, Yvette's already asked Aggie to bid on something so that she can get the... the the, you know the, yeah. the money in for the charity well she says do a low bid someone's going to outbid you and then you'll be fine yeah but what does Aggie do bids she on panics a... yes bids and on the summer house when um, Yvette reads out that there's this summer house that's worth six and a half thousand pounds or something <laughs> by this point Dee Dee's turned up too and um, watching on in horror as her mother lifts her I don't know what is it? Fan or something? I thought she just lifted her hand. I her thought hand she did kind up. of a sheepish hand wave. Yeah, that's it. For, for this starting bid of three grand for this summer house, knowing that she doesn't even have a, a, la- a land, land to put it on. And um, I think that... Imagine trying to squeeze a summer house into the backyard of number three. From the sounds of it, it looks as though it is, would actually be bigger than the house that they're in at the mm. moment. <laughs> because you need planning permission for this erection. <laughs> oh my gosh, the erection. What was the line that Yvette says? It's something like, are oh, you, 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 women, you can get this out, but you might 
struggle with the erection. You, you, you women, you might erection. need to take care of the erection. No change there, then, or something. It was like, did they just make? Did they just make an erection joke in Coronation Street? Disgusting. I thought there was. I thought it was hilarious. And here's a. It reminded me a bit of um. You know the the uh, conservatory, Sally's Conservatory, at the moment. That used to belong to Judy and Gary Mallet who lived at number nine Coronation oh, Street yeah, they because they went in a competition, didn't they? And it wouldn't fit, obviously, because they haven't got a garden or anything. So, um, yeah. In the yeah, end. so we haven't said, but unfortunately, Aggie wins because nobody else bids. No. So she's in left to a bit of a conundrum. And immediately, Yvette, Yvette comes over and she starts saying, oh, I'm so glad you won. You're going to put it in your paddock or something like yeah, that. And, yeah. and Sally, Sally doesn't know that they're pretending they're rich, does she? No. Um, so she she can't work out what they're talking about. That that Dee Dee and um and Aggie are desperately trying to distract Sally from listening to them talking about this paddock that they're gonna <laughs> have. And then Dee Dee starts looking at the the details for the summer house and saying, "Oh no, you, Mum, you, you wouldn't be able to get planning permission for this here. That's right. That's um, right. You you wouldn't etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And if that's like nonsense, nonsense." It, it's so it'll be good. completely She's fine. So, so good. Um, and then Dee they... Dee, yeah, Dee can't manage to finagle her mum out of, out of, um, not having to to take this summer house. Yeah. So later on, at the lawyer's office. Yeah, this was great because it was like you 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 kind of cut to Yvette in the lawyer's office. And it's like, what? What are you doing what's here? Going Why on have you there? turned up here? Dee. She's like, I need representation and I don't want to go to our normal solicitors because it's all a bit embarrassing. Well, she, didn't she say that she kind of, she thought that a solicitors in a rundown place like this might be a bit cheaper? Because as we predicted on last week's podcast, thank you very much, uh, Yvette and Patrick are in a little bit of a tricky financial situation. Their, what, what did she say? Something about their liquidity or something? Like, so, oh yeah, it's the difficulties with their liquidity or something. Oh, yeah. I have that sometimes. So uh, yeah, I don't think they got much much further with it, did they? Well, it was basically, just Dee Dee, the seeds. Dee Dee oh, yeah, finds that's this right. hilarious and says, I'm surprised they didn't drag this out any any longer because it, obviously they, they could have milked another week or two out of this. But Dee Dee says, listen, you're struggling with money. My mum's been lying to you this whole time and there's literally no way that she can afford this summer house. Mm. She lives over the road and uh, she hasn't got a pot to pee in. <laughs> And and um, Yvette says, "Oh, don't worry about the summer house. I'll I'll take care of that." And it just kind of feels a bit like the whole thing was. It kind of feels like Yvette never might never come back. You know? No, I, I think there might be a little bit more. I don't know. We'll have to see. Sometimes these stories just often start. Um, but anyway, that was but, yeah, lot of fun. The revelation that she does, she's also broke. I wonder what's going on. If there are any nefarious deeds happening, but I don't know. I don't know. We will have to wait and see. I hope there's more. Um, well, she got out of the summer house thing. I mean, it, it was yes. a very, it felt like a quite a cliched, you know, rat, uh, AI generated storyline. Really, it was great. No, we... But I enjoyed it because I'm still loving Yvette's character. I just love and a snob. The, yeah, and Sally being out snobbed is is never out anything snobbed. but hilarious. <laughs> and um, Dee Dee uh, and uh, Aggie squirming away yeah. as, as they're confronted. The thing is, I, I kind of would like to see a bit more um, contrition or acknowledgement from 
like Aggie, Aggie and Ed, like, did they ever like this lifestyle, or are they were they always too good for it? Yeah, well, I can't Feels... imagine those two being anything like Dee Dee's, Yvette. Dee Dee, and Dee was saying, I, I thought she said something like, or or maybe Aggie said to Dee Dee that that Yvette was literally her only real friend, but she knew all these people mm. before, but she actually seemed to genuinely like Yvette. It just kind of felt like a, a bit too much reverse snobbery of of. DD kind of like almost not DD um, Aggie almost acting like gosh I'm glad I don't have to pretend to like being rich anymore yeah like, I know. come on you love this <laughs> you wish that it. you could buy a <laughs> pair of Demonte <laughs> encrusted flip flops for 150 pounds but anyway that that was that fun. was great that's the sort of filler that I like not yeah. Isabella filler yeah no this I enjoyed this yeah lovely um, how are you feeling about this week Gemma I I I enjoyed this week I thought there was a lot of great really good stuff I you know my I'm a sucker for Steven I liked what they did with Amy and Aaron I thought it was a really satisfying ending for that character considering how bamboozled I was about how they could end end it in a way yeah I was as well like, and, and it's where's like this of going? course that makes perfect sense That's they did a, they, they tied it up neatly it, it wasn't the 100% perfect re- resolution but you, I think a lot of people who are complaining about him not going to court and stuff need to think about why why that is and what would have happened in real life. Mm. Um, so, uh, I also like the Adam and I really like the Adam and Sarah stuff now. Do you really? Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna give this week three and a half mysterious loaves of I bread. See, it sounded like you were going higher than three and a half because I was thinking about three and a half as well. I was gonna give it three and a half votes of confidence from my dad and a dog out of five mm-hmm. but I think you enjoyed it more than me but three, three and a half is what I'm sticking with um, character of the week anybody uh, is it going to be Stephen Gemma Elaine <laughs> um, Michael for enduring that absolute uh, terrifying meltdown is it is it Amy for um, you know sticking to her guns as best she can but then realising that she can't get justice for herself without the risking her parents being completely bankrupt. So she did the moral thing and then uh, it's unfortunate got that retraction that letter written. It turned into a kind of a false, um, what's the word, either or, didn't it? Mm. Most people who are facing this question of do I pursue this case are not are not thinking, but my beloved Coronation Street parents and their... <laughs> trademark businesses are in jeopardy. I know. Um, so, um, um, I, I think I'm going to give it to Amy. Oh. I, I, I like them I like... both. I think they were both very good this I week. I should probably give it to, to Amy. I think for, you know, her strength of character, I'm going to give it to her because it takes, a, it takes a lot of guts to do what she did and she also had some lovely scenes like the scene in the with Maria and obviously the one at Aaron at the end was good as well. There'll be plenty more time for Stephen to come. But, uh, <laughs> that is that. So, so now um, we've got tea, tea time I'm and gonna, news time. And have a cup of tea. I need to tell you what, if, if anyone, Elaine, if you get any of those spare caffeine pills, I could really do some right now. Or Stephen, if you just want to crush some up and put them in my tea, that might help me get through the end. But uh, we'll see what it does. See you in a minute. Okay, we're back. I've got my tea. I've not drunk it yet, so I'm still just about as tired as I was before, but we will start the news. And uh, this first news item of the week, Gemma, is this is going to be a Gemma news, because this is Corrie fashion news. Not award show fashion, but fashion that 
Coronation Street fans might be um, soon be able to wear. So tell us what's been going on this week. Yes, let me tell you. Joni, the company that has done some of the costumes that have appeared on Coronation Street. Yeah, you said that they've been doing some collab, haven't they? Like they've, you, as in the, the, Joni um, designs have appeared being worn by characters before. Is that right? That's not the same as what I was saying about collaboration. Okay. So what do we make? What are you saying? So some like for example, I'm pretty sure that one of Jenny's mistletoe dresses came from Joni. And didn't you say a Sean a Sean outfit? Is Somebody a said that one, one well. of the jumpers that Sean has worn mm. came from there. It is a women's clothing line, but oh, goodness sake, of course, anyone can wear a jumper, can't they? Yes. So they have released. I hope so. A six-piece collection um, from Responsible Fabric. Which what does that mean? It's got a job and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Pays it's not bumming around. It's it's uh, they they have to say it hasn't been released yet. This is this it's is coming out next coming week. out uh, on the twenty first of June. It it may be you know I I don't know what happened in the press this week, but it Joni hasn't announced it officially yet. It seems on their social media channels or anything, or they have teased it, but this has appeared in you know all the online newspapers. Um, maybe a little bit earlier than it was supposed to, but yeah, this this is something that from the twenty first of June allegedly, this is when it's gonna officially be buyable, and it's curry clothes. Yes, it is. There is a capsule collection of six pieces, and there is um, they they're priced between twenty five and sixty five pounds, and you can get. I think one of them is called the McDonald Dress. Yeah, they're named after characters, aren't they? Most of which aren't necessarily related to what is on the, on the uh, the clothes. Yeah, because a lot of them are like logos, aren't they? They've got Freshgo's branded sweatshirt, which is the kind of the light bluey kind of greeny colour. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a Roy's Rolls t-shirt, which is like white with red... And then uh, red trim. That's interesting as well because if you look at the picture of it, the Roy's Rolls font is different. They've kind of gone with a like a sixties Roy's Rolls, haven't they? Like a retro Roy's Rolls look for some reason. There's a Newton and Ridley branded sweatshirt which is um, got their logo. I think that one's a green one. Mm-hmm. They've got uh, a knitted cardigan with a red brick print on it, and they've also got a shirt which is the same print as the houses print shirt dress which is the mcdonald one yes so um you you, you fancy strutting your stuff wearing some of those you do like a logo i know most of what you wear has got either halloween or christmas wordings across the front but would you know do you see yourself wearing a fresh coast jumper i really like the the idea that they've done they've done this and it's um a very i think it's very positive that coronation street is looking to increase their brand awareness or yeah, moving yeah, into um, different, I don't know, just building their, their custom base, I don't know. Well, we, we've, see, we've seen the amount of Coronation Street merchandise definitely increase over the past three, four, five years or so, haven't we? Because it used to be back in the day, back in the 90s, it feels like you couldn't move for Coronation Street themed anything. And then they went through a real quiet patch but since they've launched the ITV store recently, and obviously the Coronation Street experience or the tour as was, has got their gift shop. We've seen more and more Corrie themed things. I don't know whether this is like going to be some limited edition thing, but apparently you will be able to buy some of the items in the shop itself. Um, in what shop? In, in the in the tour shop. 
Um, but yeah, you do, you, I, I guess it was. You go online. You go online, online to Jenny's website yeah. as well. So um, I'm sure that there'll be plenty of our listeners that'll be interested in getting their hands on some of this. So um, keep an eye out for the official launch that's that's happening next week. Um, and if you don't fancy that, and you rather than buying your clothes, you'd like to win one, you can win Daisy's wedding dress, Gemma. Not the one that's on um, display on the tour because that has got the the acid stains on it. But you can win the pre acided acided up wedding dress um and and support some nice charity as well because um in collaboration with the south london hospice st christopher's charity you can um you can go along to their to their open day thing which is happening on july the 1st and um you can you can enter a enter an auction to win daisy's wedding dress yeah tickets cost five pounds to get into that if you want to support that charity so I think that's very very good. Apparently it's a size six, so size six. I don't six. know if you're going to um, want to to put it on. I, I I wouldn't. Or put it on a mannequin. I'm not sure it's the sort of thing you'd wear every day. <laughs> I wonder whether it will go end up going to someone who is literally going to get married and they want to get married wearing Daisy's dress, or will it be won by? an avid collector or will it be a big Coronation Street fan or is it going to be won by somebody who doesn't even know what Coronation Street is and but likes the idea of having a something that's been on TV because you get people that would just collect anything won't you I hope it goes to a Cory fan but yeah if you're not actually getting married in it then it's not particularly suitable for just lounging around the house watching Coronation Street in. But we do know that that Charlie Jordan and Daisy have got very, very avid fan bases. So maybe it's going to go to one of them. I hope so. I hope that somebody really is into Coronation Street get likes it. But you you do have to go along to this to this thing. It's um in Sid Sydenham. So um yeah, go, go along. It's in July the first. It's it's three weeks time. Um. William Roach, Gemma. He's showing us all up, isn't he? What's he been up to this week? Jumped out of plane. He's been jumping out of planes. What He's like, it? I don't want to be in Coronation Street. Just let me retire. <gasps> this guy but he didn't who... know he had a parachute. Nine... So he, he, he survived. 91-year-old William Roach has shown what... Um, uh, I can't believe this. He, I, he just, I, like, I, up for anything. I know, he's amazing. So he, he's gone skydiving to raise money for... Um, char- community causes and, and homelessness and you can still um, support his GoFundMe which I think you should do because I don't I don't know where he's at I don't think he's got to his target no he, he had a target of £25,000 and when we looked the other day he was quite a way away from that target and we, we haven't we haven't gone and supported him yet but I'm sure we will but um, if you he's got a very long web address that I'm not going to read out here but if you just search for sure William Google Roach it. Charity Skydive or something like that which is what I, I did you'll be able to find his page but yeah this he's 91 he's just like he's a powerhouse <laughs> He is. He refuses. He refuses to stop. Yep. Coronation Street. You'll never stop him. What What's next? Is he going to be like, you know, deep sea diving to the bottom of the ocean? Is he going to be the first soap star on the moon? Um, what else sort of things we might be expect to see William Roach doing? Fighting a shark. 
fighting a shark, Gemma says. But um, he, he was, when, I forgot to mention this, because we talked about him and El Mulvaney on um, Lorraine last week. Was it Lorraine or this morning? I can't remember. They did the, the, the interview on the TV for the tour last week. And um, one of the things he mentioned is that he was going to do this. And then I think it was on Lorraine's show on Monday, they showed him doing it. So you can actually watch him coming out of the plane and it's so funny. He kind of just like, he's there sitting on the edge of the plane and they just like plop out, don't they? It's just like, lean over, there you go. Chucking Ken Barlow out of a plane. I know. That, just imagine if it had all gone wrong. Thank goodness. No. You said that you were very, very concerned about this until he was on uh, firm land, weren't you? Yep. But you get to see, as he's going down, his little face is going... As he's going. And he had a great time. He says, oh, your breath's taken away. It's kind of amazing. You, can, you can't breathe. And it's quite startling. Oh, oh my goodness. gosh. And then when the parachute opens and you see that glorious view, that's lovely. You just slow it down. You know how birds feel. It's really wonderful. And I, and I love the video that showed that after he left and he got up and he, and he said these things, and he's like, right, I need a cup of tea. <laughs> that is the British response. After you've had a parachute dive, have a cup of tea. So um, good on you, William. Would you ever jump out of a plane? No. Would you fancy this? No. I don't... So I, I would say no, but then I think, oh, it can't be too bad because people do it all the time. You know, is it that much more dangerous than just... Flying on a plane or, you know, the safety checks are there. I think I might quite like it. Go on then, do it for your birthday. <laughs> you've got to organise it and organise a special snipping of the parachute cords as well while you're there. Um, that's pretty much it. But there has been something that I've been men- meaning to mention in the news for weeks, but I keep forgetting, is that Coronation Street Words and Design, the app, the word game app, has had an update. This should be our number one news item because this is amazing. Um, if you, I don't know whether anyone was still playing this, but um, this, this, this was the, the the Find a Word app that came out around the 60th anniversary, where you can um, you play word games and then you get to plonk bits of furniture in various houses around the street. And it was going from from Christmas 2020, and then the following August, the updates just had slowed down to an absolute halt. And, and now it's been updated again. And I've not had very much time to play it. So I don't know how much this update is. Like, is there just a couple of extra puzzles and that's it? We have got to wait another a year and a half. But if you're, this, this is on iOS. I believe actually the Android update um, happened a few months ago. So I don't know what the hold up there was. Um, but yeah, if you, if, if you had been playing that and it's been deleted off your phone or it's in your, your offloaded app folder or however these things work um, and, and you like it, then you can get back on and you can... And you can put down a down a rug for the Duckworths. How lovely. Um, but sorry for taking so long to put that news because that was a few weeks ago. I've just been forgetting. And I think that's it for our news. And now it's time for the feedback. Okay, so feedback time. And we used an impressive week last week. We enjoyed it. The Facebook group enjoyed it. 4.05 out of 5 for last week's um, Corrie stuff. So... That's, that's good, that's good. Fiona gave it three jumps to catfishing conclusions out of five, which is a good one. Um, Richard, four stents up the jacksy <laughs> out of five. These are good. And uh, Michelle um, was my pick of the week, which was four people sending texts whilst in comas out of five. Um, lovely, thank you everybody, everybody for voting. Now we do like a good voicemail on Conversation Street. And for the first time in a jolly long time, we have got a voicemail jolly for... Hawks. 
yeah, jolly holly hockey voicemail. Um, suitable for the feedback section. Not actually feedback that's Coronation Street related whatsoever. But uh, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed our conversation about the pronunciation of an important national park that uh, is fairly near us here mm-hmm. um, on last week's. Um, this is podcast. so funny. I'm not even going to name the one that I'm talking this about here. This is so here. funny. But um, we got a message through about this very topic. Um, on, I think it was maybe Sunday night last week. Uh, I, just You might just enjoy this because we did. Hi, listener here. Um, teacher from Ringwood, New Forest area. Um, so interesting just listening to the last um, podcast about self-pronunciations I've had the same as Michael kids saying demon demon I don't know where it comes from um I remember even when I was little in school my classmates saying demon pretty sure I still have friends who say demon so totally with you Gemma there I I have definitely heard of that before um also new forest I always say the new forest no the new forest the new for I don't know it's confusing me now I always say the new forest yeah the new forest not the new the new forest the new forest i think um yeah anyway hope you guys are well loving the podcasts <laughs> that was great i love the amount of self-doubt spiral that like, yeah that's that's down to us you, every time you say your address now you, you're not going to say um I, you're not going to know how to pronounce i'm it a teacher in ringwood and the in the it's a forest in the south of England. This we didn't actually say who this was from. This is from <laughs> Stasia. Stacia. Is it Stasia? Oh no, I don't even know how to pronounce the name of the person. Is it Star- is it Stasia like Anastasia? Stasia. I'm really very sorry, so I don't know how to know, say the name can, of the place you that you live. You can send us another or indeed your name. You can send us another voicemail to tell us how to say say your name. I but can't promise that I love we'll this post it next week on the podcast. And you've got to have right. Coronation Street opinions to get your voicemail on next week. But please, how do we say your name? And apologies if we forget in the future. The new which is forest. quite lightly. So I'm I'm not forest. even going to mention the name of it. Because I'm still I love not this completely so much. sure. Also, why are you okay? Why are you talking to your children about demons? De- we talk about demons do when you? we do Rama and Sita. Oh, okay, that's all yeah. right. Then it's cultural. Yeah, it's cultural. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's all. It's, it's all a, diverse. Is anyone else? I'm so glad that you um that you sent that voice mail in. Um, and also thank you for the the burger tip. But um, oh, do, yes. does anybody else know? That. Has anyone else got any comment on this demon and demon thing? Because um, I know for a fact that all my friends used to say demon, and then at one point they changed their minds and pretended that they never used to say <laughs> really? it. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, it must be a southern thing. It must be, it must be. Anyway, thank you very much for your email. Stacia, Stacia. Um, we got another lovely email just uh, into earlier today, actually, from Stephanie, and I'm going to read this one because this is lovely. And it is also, I mean, it's very handy because Abby has literally just this minute come and sat on my lap, and this is addressed to Michael, Gemma, and Abby. Yeah. So um, Stephanie says, I wanted to comment, not on the show, but on your insanely fantastic YouTube bonus podcast Yay. over the past few weeks. Yay. I particularly love the Soap Awards. Five reasons you need to go on the Coronation Street experience and inside the new Coronation Street experience. Those were all really um, 
a labour of love for Michael because that took <laughs> yes. a long time to put together. So thank you so it much for saying that you enjoyed them. Quite a while to put together. Um, and I really enjoyed doing to it. to do them. Yeah, I know. Wish we had more opportunities to create videos like this. But we literally we can't. We I, I don't. No, want... no. It's we just don't have. We don't have the time. No. And... What? We can't. We can't make a video about the set tour every week. Oh. Because we just, it's the same every, you know. Yeah. So it's really nice that we had a chance to go up and be able to make this, these three different videos and basically the same trip. Yeah. And and, I, and we can't add other video to our normal podcasts all the time anyway. We don't want to just be, you know, stealing, blatantly stealing Coronation Street clips and putting them over the top of things that we're talking about. Well, I could do that. Right? Could you? Well, forget how much we get paid for it. Oh, there we go. Um, no, so but I, I do, I do really enjoy like trying to make what we're saying line up with the various it's photos fun, and videos that we've got. It's so tricky. I'm, I'm glad that you appreciated it. And yeah, that um, that soap stars one is not soap stars soap awards one is now like the fifth most watch episode on our channel ever. Yeah. So that's gone down really well. Raking in the cash on that everybody. one, aren't we? What did we get? Five, five pounds, four pounds. I think 50. we've got about five pounds of that video. Read the rest of Stephanie's message. Um, For those of us who are from outside the UK, the experience is something we may not ever be able to do. Your videos are not only showing us the tour, but extra behind-the-scenes goodies that the average person doesn't get to see. I love that the tour is airing your YouTube videos and hope it brings in so many more listeners. I'm (laughs) not even sure whether they are anymore. I think they cottoned on that they were doing... Nobody's told us either way. But I can't remember what's given me the feeling that they didn't show I want it last them to do, I want them to show it. I want them to play it, yeah. Yeah. You'll soon be as famous as the people on the show. More famous, so Stephanie, go, come on. Don't take it too far. Be realistic. Also, you were we've discussing... Been, listen, we've been doing this for like nearly 11 years. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That, if you added up how many people have been on the show, like how many cast members, 350, 400 yeah. characters? Yeah, If you divided that by how much time they've been in the show... I bet you on average, we've been in the show, we've been talking about Coronation Street more than most characters have been in the show. We've had more That's lines on the podcast than William Roach has had lines on Coronation Street, I'm going to say. I bet, yeah. The, <laughs> When's I mean, our plane well, jump I mean, happening? The fact that our play, our runtime is longer than the show every week is, you <laughs> Yeah, know. exactly. Um, so, um, Stephanie also mentions that we were talking about advertising on the podcast recently and she says, I work in TV oh, and cool. advertising page, pays my wage exactly. as it does for most media platforms so why would podcast be any different i have no problem with you two raking in every cent you can from the podcast it's been over a decade and it really is a second job it so is. why not get paid for it i promise you us listeners have no problem with you both making some money off the podcast see? um i i i see we haven't got any adverts if you've noticed <laughs> we, yeah not, not quite yet <laughs> Um, no, lo- there's been lots of um, people who made really lovely comments about that on our Facebook group. Particularly, it's a second job for you because you, you easily spend it. Like you would. It's not the same as a job, but it's you know it's a bit of extra time, isn't it? For sure. Um, I don't. Yeah, we. I, I don't want to necessarily go into Maybe the specifics because... quite yet, but it's looking like it's going to be a lot more difficult than we first um, thought. Maybe to get this any is adverts. like me and Stephanie because you know my my. If you work in the media, you your wages get paid by advertising, whether you directly are involved in it or not. That's just the, the reality of the situation. So maybe that's why me and Stephanie are 
Maybe. I'm more in, into the idea because than you're both you, media so bots. Like, you can't expect taxpayers teacher. to pay for us to do a podcast, Michael. Why like, they not? do for your wages. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like it. I appreciate like it was... everybody that's taken the time to write in to tell us that. Um, what they think about advertising on the show. I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yes, but like I said, it's um not as easy as it Anyone first Anyone want to buy an advert? At all. Um, also, on the subject of the bonus podcast as well, I, I'm not convinced that we're going to have a bonus podcast next week. I, we have got an awful, awful lot on this weekend, and weekends are usually where I make my notes. And I do really, really try my best to get one out every week. Well, you know, we've been doing it for ages now. Possibly no bonus podcast next week could maybe throw together a character profile of Aaron. We will see. Um, right, Gemma, would you like to read Rebecca's email? First of all, I forgot that Sarah thought that Harry was possessed, possibly with a demon, um, <laughs> when he was younger. So yes, I think that he still is possessed. Joking aside, I love the actor playing Harry this week and was delighted when he was petty towards Sarah. I think she might have been, she might have um, scarred that child for life. Also, Sarah deserves everything she gets. She knew she was doing wrong, so yeah, no sympathy for her at all. I laughed at Adam saying Sarah likes a bad boy because, yes, it's true. To quote Boris, Adam and Sarah are over for now, but guaranteed that Sarah's going to get pregnant. I don't remember Boris. I don't Johnson remember Boris. Has he been on Gogglebox recently? <laughs> <laughs> He's been in the news, that's for sure. He has been in the news. I wonder if she thinks it's Damon's, but in the end it's going to be Adam's. Also, Sarah will go full term if she is pregnant, as Summer was the last pregnancy and she had a miscarriage. Everyone's totally on board with this pregnancy thing. I think we're going to manifest it. Yeah. Don't you think? Absolutely. I feel sorry for Dee Dee, as well as getting fired, I also appreciated Gail's work this week. I absolutely loved the Aggie and Ed story, especially Yvette and Patrick. It all fitted so well and loving Sally and Tim to the story was great. Yvette saying everybody in Weatherfield had TP and Ricketts was just fantastic. And later on she started singing the Hovitz advert song. Oh, she did. I forgot that. As if to she? say that Weatherfield was like the advert. Again, I've got to say, I've said this about three times already. That was filmed down south. Filmed down south, yeah. Was it Cornwall that, that was I think it was filmed? Devon. Devon, right. I'm assuming the truth will come out at the auction, but I'm hoping that one more comedy moment before Yvette and Patrick sadly leave. Well done, Rebecca. I think you nailed it there. You did. Um, maybe they've left, I don't know. Michael, you did predict that Crystal would have a freak accident and end up in a coma. See? Did, did, go, I, the really? did I really? I was I so literally convinced don't remember that... anything I say once I've said it, so thank you for pointing that one out. I was so me. convinced that Justin would be found innocent, but I do think he might be sectioned rather than getting locked up in prison. Oh, yeah. He's still got to have his sentencing, yeah, we hasn't seen he? Yeah, have we? As much... sentencing, what's the word? Is it Yeah, sentencing. Yeah. As much as I don't want Ryan and Daisy to get together, it's going to happen, so the sooner it happens, the better, as I hate storylines dragging out. Really, Max shouldn't live next to Alia, but he doesn't have anywhere else to live at the moment. Well, I wonder whether he's going to maybe go and live up with um with Beck in her in her precinct flat. Oh, that'd be nice. He can have ice cream whenever he wants. Yeah, he can go to... I'd love to oh, imagine if I lived above a milkshake shop. Well, you live you live in a house with an ice cream maker, so it's kind of the same. That's too much effort, though, isn't it? It's not that hard to make ice cream. <laughs> I like the connection between Max and Beck, but yeah, when she finds out the truth about why he's in prison, she's going to drop him. Also like Lily calling Max a racist idiot as well. Part of me thinks Max wants to go back with the things he's doing, as I think that might be where he thinks he belongs. Elaine is toast. 
My theory is Stephen is going to kill her to get the money to buy the shares of Owen. I think Owen is safe for now, but the, as he knows where the boys, bodies are buried, it might not be long for this world either. When Rebecca said that Elaine is toast, was that like a sly reference? Had to she Leslie been to, No, no, no. I was thinking it was the, the, the bread-related um, incidents oh. going on in this week's Is it mouldy? Mouldy toast? You've been having a look at what's happening in her head, Rebecca. Uh, as, as for Roy and Evelyn, I just think the hospital story is a way for Evelyn to get Freddie. Once she realises she wants him for good, things will go back to normal. Character of the week is Gail, though. That was brilliant. And Harry was great as well. Give this week four and a half times. Owen half. commented he knows where the bodies are kept. And that could be ominous for him. Out of five. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we have got some Richard feedback. who says um, he hopes we are well. Are you well, Gemma? Yeah. Are you well hot? It's cooler off. It's cooler now. It is cooler now. It's, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. I didn't realise it was that late. I've got to go to the allotment tomorrow. I've got, I've got to go. I'm going to my summer fair tomorrow. Um, it's been several weeks since I last sent in my feedback. Unfortunately, life stuff has been quite full on. Although I hope... Although I've been avidly watching the programme, of course. Um, like a lot of people, I was feeling quite negative about characters and storylines a while ago, but I do feel it's got its mojo back, and I've really enjoyed hearing about your Manchester trip. Yeah. I, I would say it's it's on a... It's, it's on and it's not you know we're not going twos at the moment and we we have had periods this year where it was like twos and twos and a half for a while it's doing all right at the moment i'm fairly enjoying it um richard says i'm loving the latest developments in steven's story which has returned after a brief hiatus i'm sending this an hour prior to friday's episode but really enjoyed seeing how he poisoned elaine on wednesday and the subtle potential mistakes which could cause his downfall although it would be quite apt if the unfortunately nicknamed Dim Tim is the one to fulfil the Hercule Poirot... I wasn't ready for that one. Hercule Poirot role. As an Agatha Christie aficionado, I enjoyed seeing Dumb Witness feature in Wednesday's scenes. Not a Christie classic in my opinion, but a good read. That's why I didn't know what the plot was. Not a Christie classic. Here's hoping that the programme continues its recent upwards trajectory. Form is temporary, class is permanent. Thank you very much, Richard. That wasn't a compliment on us, darling. Oh. <laughs> um, we have got some Nancy feedback until uh, before we call it a day. So, um, would you like to read this one out? It is my turn. It is your turn. Nancy says, what we saw from the Platts this week underlines why they won the Best Family Award at the Safe Awards. Mm. Harry seeing the kiss and making Sarah feel guilty. Gail speaking to Sarah about it, prompting her to tell Adam. Sarah being honest about why she did it. The last scene on Friday's episode was heartbreaking to watch Sarah crying. Alia and Yasmin's reaction to Max's release was totally justified and Gail and Gary's comments to Max hit the mark too. Aggie and Ed were hilarious. I loved it when Ed turned up wearing a shirt that Aggie said was inappropriate. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's hilarious the way Yvette looked down on Sally's house and I'm sure the charity auction will be hilarious. Yeah, it was. I thought the jury <laughs> came out really quick. It was wonderful when they found Justin guilty, but Willie tried to escape. I do think Ryan will be will find out that Daisy was the one texting him as Crystal. Do you think like is Justin going to escape? It doesn't. He doesn't feel like such a desperate criminal that he'd be making police vans crash or anything like that. But I do like the idea that he's just so so desperate to be near Daisy that he would literally try and you know maybe they'll say put himself over the fence. Maybe they'll say you know t- time served. And so you're free to go, but you you're you there's a restraining order mm. because it does feel very much par for the course of the ineffectual way that the law has tried to deal with yeah with his, him as 
There's, and I, I don't know what a, uh, the, the, a suitable custodial sentence would be for him, but you're, you're absolutely right that it could well be a time-served situation. And that's what happened when um, Alan Bradley was on trial, when he tried to have a go at Rita, and um, he, like, he got found guilty, but then was allowed to walk free at the end of the episode. And that was a brilliant moment. Yeah. Um, so uh, she says, I'll give this week's episodes four mugs of Sarah's. Hang on. Four mugs of Sarah's that say Lady Boss out of five. <laughs> the character of the week is a vet. Thank there you go. You. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Much. Also, I want to say a big thank you. We have got a new patron this week, Alex. Ta very much. You're on the Bistro tier. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Joining thank you. Our gang of people that are going to take over the world at some point. That's the probably. plan. We haven't figured out how it's going to work. I don't know yet, how it's going to um, work. You, if, I'm sure you all read the small print but that said that you would all... help us out with that. Yeah, I hope, I hope you're all picking up on the clues in our bonus episodes <laughs> it's a liminal messaging it's, isn't it the instructions are hidden <laughs> okay we better go we better go we got we got a busy day tomorrow and it's quite late at gmail.com for all your feedback you can find us on itunes and More instagram voicemails please <laughs> oh my gosh that's turned into a yawn instagram twitter spotify facebook youtube Join us on Patreon, Patreon as well, with, like Alex it. did, and enjoy the bounties of our wonderful thing. Well, you know, I'm done. Are you, are you sure you're not working in sales, darling? I mean, there's there's always an opening for you in the factory there in the sales department. Do you want to buy any pants? You must wear a pair a day, surely. I'll give you the job. I mean, what more do you want me to say? <laughs> okay, it's um, three holes per pant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one's for your top bit and two the legs come out. Yeah. If you've got one leg, let me know. I'll just stitch one of the holes up. It's not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we will end episode 580 of Conversation (laughs) Street. What a vintage episode that was. Um, We'll be back next week, as I said. Um, Please don't get your hopes up for a bonus podcast. It is quite likely to not happen next week. But I will say that what we've got in store for the bonus podcast the week after that should be be something quite exciting and special, I think. You probably won't. I think that they will. I think that it's going to be a good one, as long as the stars align. Make sure that you have checked your pants and they've all got three holes. If you've got more than that, you're either saucy or you're <laughs> slovenly. <laughs> you, you pick one. Actually, what if it's a pair of boxer shorts? That's got a hole out the front, isn't it? If you're going to be weird about it and be a man. <laughs> Underworld don't do man's pants, do I've never they? seen them stitching boxers. I think that's something they could look into. They could branch into boxers, Because there's a lot of real estate on there, isn't there, for logos and funny little quips about, not children, but... <laughs> I don't know, like while you're down there, or anyway, if you go send your send your pant ideas into conversations at gmail.com and we'll pass them, them on to Underworld. Nina, because apparently she's still designing for them. I don't really know. I don't know. What we don't Nina's know what's going to. on. See you next week. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh.